Welcome to Full Scope, a podcast designed to analyze the games that we love. Sometimes we can't forget. I'm your host, Winter Burns. My kind of our Savon Morris. He's on the road. Don't don't fear Savon's corner. He's, he's close by. He's, he's not ducking all the smoke that me and Makaya have for him. Oh, we've got so much smoke. We have so much smoke for him. But so he is on smoke. the way. <laughs> he's on the way. And I guess Makaya Alfred, he's been out on many, many times in the past. Obviously very happy because the Chiefs, another annual visit to the Super Bowl. He's wearing the gear. Thanks so much for being on, man. Absolute pleasure. Uh, it's so obviously so very good to be back on this episode of Full Scope. Uh, looking forward to the Super Bowl uh, and all the other topics that we have to discuss this week. Yeah, man, definitely. And for this episode, obviously, we have a lot of football topics to get into, some NBA ones. We're going to do some album reviews, me and Savannah, and also a review of past lives in the last half. To start off with the Chiefs advancing past the Ravens and thoughts on kind of, you know, Baltimore struggles. Um, Kansas City won 17 to 10, and Travis Kelsey caught 11 passes for 116 yards in the touchdown. Mahomes went 30 to 39 for 241 yards in the touchdown. And early on, the Chiefs' offense was extremely clinical. They set the tone early, which I think, you know, when you look at that second half, they don't, the offense isn't, you know, able to convert touchdowns. But that first half, them setting the tone was so pivotal. And Lamar Jackson's performance, I don't want to overblow it and say, you know, oh man, like he's not going to be able to get back to this point. But he had a lot of inaccurate throws to me in that in that game. And some I think were, you know, obviously a, accentuated more with the Zay Flowers fumble and things of that nature. But to you, what did you kind of think about this game and, you know, how it played out? Yeah, honestly, this was one that I had circled that I was definitely concerned. Um, and maybe this sounds too overconfident, but like I was more concerned about this game than either of the possible Super Bowl matchups if we made it past the Ravens, honestly, wow. just because Baltimore had looked like the best team in the NFL up to oh, yeah. championship, uh, AFC Championship Sunday, because they had solidly drubbed both of the teams that were left in the NFC championship side, they had handled the NFC, uh, you know, the, the 49ers and they'd absolutely blown out the, the lions. I mean, they blow blew both of them out. So it was just crazy, um, to think that, um, that they were not the juggernauts that everyone was making them out to be. Um, and I was absolutely shocked by the way the game went down. Um, I really don't know like what Baltimore's offensive game plan was. You just you watch it and it's like they're an amazing run based team, run first. Um, you've got amazing players that just didn't see touches. They saw I think the total team, I'd have to look it up, but I think they saw under twenty touches their running backs to collectively. Um, yeah. so that's just crazy to me as a team that has been so dominant in the run. Um, and I feel like part of that has to do with um, the the aura of the Chiefs really in that yes the Chiefs have not looked great on offense right. but everyone's got in the back of their mind they know that Mahomes is that guy and they know that at any time he can whip out a perfect performance and I think that's really what happened in this game when you look at it the Chiefs come out on their first two drives boom seamless move down the field no problems they look the most like the old Chiefs offense that they have all year yeah. Um, and so I think what happened honestly is that the Ravens might've gotten baited into thinking, Oh no, it's the old Mahomes. We're going to have to get into a shootout with them. And so for whatever reason, because Wellington, they were only ever down by 10 points. That's what I'm any saying. Time. I don't understand the, the, the panic that I was like, you guys run the ball dominantly. Keep being you don't try to be the chiefs, like beat, beat them at your game. Don't try to beat them at their game. 
And the reason I think that I am going to say that they got suckered by the Chiefs aura is because of the same week, and not to to change the subject, but you look at the week before with with uh, Buffalo, they did right. the same thing. They tried to run rather than now. I think the reason for Buffalo was twofold. Um, they were worried about Josh making a big mistake because Josh has been very much up and down in a lot of big games. So he can make the big mistake that hurts you. He can also make the big play that will absolutely ignite it. So they're trying to play safe and conservative to not put him in a situation where he could commit a turnover or uh, a play that would hurt them. Um, But in so, and then also doing that, I think that we're trying to, they were trying to do what the Ravens should have been doing in running and trying to keep the ball away from Holmes. The trouble is, is that, the bills were not dynamic enough on offense for that to really work once it got down to the red zone, because they don't have, I think the, as good as Josh Allen is, he's not Lamar. And so it was just not the same in the red zone. Um, And so for whatever reason, the chiefs were able to, uh, to tighten up with the bills in the red zone. And it was kind of the same thing. So what I'm saying is basically in saying that is that the bills got suckered into playing a different game than what is usually true to their style this year. And that's basically letting Josh be a superhero. And they tried yeah. to distribute it, slow down the the game and the chiefs, the say what you want, love them or hate them. The chiefs are the Kings at playing at whatever the pace is. They just don't get frazzled. They play at the pace. They have an excellent feel for the game and what the, that style of game is. And they just yeah. match it. Um, and I think that's what happened with the Ravens is the chiefs came out. They played what they wanted on offense and the Ravens got frazzled because they just in their heads, they thought, OK, we've got to ha- make up all this ground. And then they just didn't stop long enough to realize, hey, second half, we're only down 10 points. Yeah, it's not we like we're getting <laughs> we're not like we're getting massacred. Our our defense started stepping up, started the second half. Like you mentioned, Chief didn't right. really do a whole lot the second half. I'm, but And it just came down to exactly like you said, Lamar couldn't make the throws. And it's been our critique of Lamar. Um, to this point is just, you know, regular season Lamar is not playoff Lamar. Playoff Lamar is a whole different kind of cat than than what you get in the regular season. The regular season, two-time MVP, phenomenal. Well, let me rephrase. He One-time MVP, he's going to be this year's MVP. I would be, be shocked yeah, if he's not this. So, I mean, you might as well just say two-time MVP. Yeah. Um, But with that even being said, he's won one game, Wellington, in the playoffs. And it just is like... I don't even want to say that the moment is too big for him, but it's just like the the level of game that the playoffs require. Lamar has not shown that he is able to to play that style of game um, for whatever reason, either poor coaching, because honestly, you could really boil down this game to it was it was a co- it was poor coaching really more than it yes. was Lamar's fault, um, because the coaching should know, OK, yes, we believe in Lamar. And that was the other thing that I wondered. I wondered if this wasn't a little bit of a pride thing for the Ravens and Lamar and trying to say, Hey, we can go toe to toe passing with Patrick Mahomes. No, you can't. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just, it's never going to work. It's like, why with, it's the same thing with the Patriots when they were in their dynasty. Why would you try and beat the other guy at their game, play your game and win that way? Don't get suckered into playing the, what the other guy's trying to, that's what so many good teams is. They, they try and dupe you into playing their game and you're not going to win at their game because they're the Kings at their game. And I think that's what happened with the Ravens is if you want to call it egotistical or they just panic either one, um, they just got suckered into playing exactly how I think the chiefs wanted to do it. Because what is the chief, as much as I love the chiefs and as much as I love their defense, what is the strength of the chiefs defense, the secondary, 
and Lamar tried to dot him up. He had some good throws. He had some moments. But overall, you're just not throwing against this Chiefs secondary. Like, you have to take what they give you. And right. honestly, what they give you is not usually a whole lot. You have to run the ball and try and loosen up room for the passing game that way. And that's why I was scared of this game is because as good as our defense is, running definitely the rushing protection has been the weak point. Um, but they just they never tried to exploit it. And so the the pressure was never really on the Chiefs. And so it's and it ended up being one of those games where despite the final score, if anyone actually watched this game, the final score does not reflect how the game felt. It, it never felt like this game was close. Yeah, it was, it was it, not, I know it was only a seven point game, game, but yeah. at no point did the Ravens feel like they were actually in this game, despite right. it being only seven points. Um, let me rephrase when they were driving with the Zay Flowers. Um, oh, that was, and when that he fumbled, yeah, that, that was, game. that was, I thought at the same exact thing Wellington is at that moment <laughs> when he fumbled, I was like, that's the game that yeah. that's, that's a backbreaker right there. You finally had a good drive. Um, you, you hurt yourself with the penalty and maybe we'll talk right. about the penalties later as a separate aspect, but then you, you lose to a phenomenal play by Legereus Sneed, all pro, uh, not an all pro corner should have been an all pro in my opinion, pro bowl, um, but got snubbed because he doesn't have the name of, you know, a Jalen Ramsey, um, or other people that are out there. And yet he, you know, he's allowed three touchdowns or fewer all year. Yeah. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Makes a great play, punches it out. And I just thought the same is exactly what, what you just expressed. It's like, that's the game. That's, that's a backbreaker when you get such a good drive going and then you just see it all go to pot basically there. And you actually have a turnover at just, that's, that's a soul crusher for your team. And so that one was going to be hard to, to come back from. So, uh, and um, I'm saying all this, and I hate to, t- as a Chiefs fan, I don't want to take away from what the Chiefs did. I mean, this was, you mentioned the stats. It was not a flashy game by Mahomes, but it definitely was Kelsey's best game of the entire year, oh my goodness. regular Kelsey season. And it's just like, man. I was hearing something earlier in the week, um, and maybe you can react to this, but like, is, is the Mahomes-Kelsey duo the most lethal playoff duel in NFL history? And it I sounds crazy thought, to say, but like when you look at their numbers, like Brady Gronk, crazy. I was yeah, maybe, but th- maybe, like, like, no, no. What I'm saying is, like, I never thought Brady and like looking at what Brady and Gronk did. I was like, oh, these guys are going to be at the it's top the for duo. a year. And then Mahomes and Kelsey come around, like, oh, they're going to be the top. <laughs> like, these are actually the guys now because Kelsey's got yeah. the most receptions. I mean, you this connection, it's got to be at the top of the list. Because I mean, you're never going to be able to break rice's um playoff yardage just because that man went crazy but i mean kelsey already broke his receptions uh, in in that game um ended up tying him and then broke him the same game um he can if kelsey kept playing i think for a year or two more he can break rice's touchdowns in postseason as well so the only thing that rice is going to have end up left standing and and the reason i'm saying this is because jerry rice is admittedly usually in terms of receivers tight ends people who catch the ball you, I mean, there's a reason that why his nickname was the GOAT, right, of all receivers is because he just he he was at his best in the playoffs. And yet, other than yards, he's going to end up losing receptions to Kelsey. He's probably if Kelsey can stay healthy and come back for another year, which I think he will, he's going to lose touchdowns to Kelsey. And then Kelsey could very well catch him in Super Bowls, depending on how this year goes. And, you know, if they get another one in the next, you know, two or three years. And that's all, like I said, um, 
considering that Kelsey decides to come back, which I think he will for at least two more years. I think Um, what I think the Chiefs will start doing is kind of what they did with Gronk with the Patriots is they won't use him near as prolifically. They'll try and look for other weapons to kind of, I hate to say limp him along, but not put as much of the load on him so that then when the playoffs come, then that's when he can turn it on, do exactly like Gronk did kind of, I guess, in a sense, load manage him in the NFL side until you get into the playoffs. And then you're going to see, you're going to see patented, nostalgic, old-fashioned Kelsey, I think, is what they'll do he's, with him. He's got about a, like a, a bit of a like a good, solid half in him. And then after that, it's just like, he's getting older. Like, you can just tell. Yeah. Like, but in, I, the, in the beginning, in the beginning, he's going to go crazy. Like, yeah. he's going to go and, be really good. But well, that's kind of what Gronk did in his and, Exactly. I mean, and that's honestly all you really need from him is to jumpstart those first three, four drives and just yeah. be the dude in the first half. And then you let these guys that hopefully they will develop and continue to pick up the Rishi Rice's, the Isaiah Pacheco's that can now complement the teams. So now Kelsey does not need to shoulder the entire burden on himself anymore because now those guys can start picking up the slack once he kind of gets the whole team going and starts making the defense change their game plan or respect it again because he just turns back into that monster of, you better double team me or I'm going to I'm going to break you yeah. across the middle of the field because your linebackers are not good enough to cover me and your safeties are not strong enough to cover me. So it's yeah. just, the, just it's crazy. I mean, he he cooks corners and safeties even. I know I'm saying that the linebackers can't it's stay with him. Be, let's be honest, Savon. I mean, uh, uh, sorry, Wellington. Savon will be on uh, a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting hyped for like Savon to come on. I have so much with the 49ers and the Chiefs. Wait, and everything. I can't wait. Cannot it's wait. so good. Uh, <laughs> poor Savani doesn't know all the lead that's about to come his way. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's just one of those things where, be honest, you you watch him and it's like, can anybody cover this guy when he's like at his best? It's like he's a tight end and nobody can stay with him, man. He's just crazy the way that's he goes. The, it's it's like such a mismatch, and and honestly, it's, like that third down when he like it, it was like that that back shoulder. Uh, I think it was a it was back shoulder throw, and he he like turns around at the last minute. Like mm-hmm. I was, there's their symmetry and chemistry. Even though I love seeing Brady and Brock do what they did for years, I'm like these guys are just on a different, on a different. Brock was level. just a monster. It wasn't yeah, the same. Specimen, I yeah. hate saying that because I'm not trying to diss Brady and Gronk because it was a fantastic combination. But it, like to your point, Mahomes and Kelsey are on like a, uh, they're on like a symbiotic connection to where like they know exactly what the other guy's gonna do. Because, like, Kelsey is, like, the king of stopping in the middle if it's zone coverage. He literally will park himself right in the middle of zone coverage. He'll break off his route, and he'll just park himself in the soft spot where there's no coverage because he knows Mahomes is going to find him and look for him. And then Mahomes just knows where to put it right where Kelsey only and only Kelsey is going to be able to make the play. So it's just it's a fantastic dynamic duo that, you know, as long as he's playing, obviously he is getting older. I think you're 100% right. That's why he started cooling down in the second half. And that's the other thing is give the, give the Ravens defense credit because the chiefs were on a tear. Mm-hmm. And by all metrics, if the chiefs had kept up on that pace, they, I mean, this would have been a true blowout, a, a true oh, blowout yeah. and not just a, a blowout by the way it felt, because I do think it was a blowout in the way it felt, even though, like we both mentioned, the, the final score does not reflect blowout. Um, but I think if they'd stayed on that pace and there were several times where like that, that could have been it, but the, the, the Ravens sacked Mahomes three times. It's, it's one of the only games in this postseason. the past, I think the past six, 
postseason games that Mahomes has been in that he's had a multi-sack game. The other one was with the high ankle sprain where he's basically running around on a busted foot and he got sacked yeah. twice by the Bengals in the last year's AFC championship game. Um, and then they got sacked three times this year. And I'll just give the, the Ravens credit because their their D-line, their defense as a whole is just crazy. So give the Ravens defense credit. And that's why I just think that a lot of this blame has to lay on Harbaugh and Lamar because like the defense stepped up when it needed to. Um, and started slowing down the Chiefs, and the Ravens just could never get anything offensively going. And when they did, they had they had mistakes, either penalties or I guess the penalties. That's the one thing that you could criticize the defense is the defense just did not play mature at times. And in 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 certain ways, and I don't want to sound super homer here, it it felt like they they knew that the game was slipping, and so they tried to go like bush league to try and get in the Chiefs' head a couple yeah. times. I'm thinking of like. Um, the, the clothesline when Mahomes is trying to scramble out of the pocket and he just flips his arm out and he knows he's just going to clothesline. I mean, I'm not yeah. trying to, to say it just, it's one of those things where you don't really see that often. So it looks like kind of dirty, but maybe it, it, the intent's not there. I don't know. It's just was one of those things where you could sense, I guess what I'm trying to say is desperation from the defense and oh, times of trying to they make stuff happen. Yeah. Yeah. They, and they, I think they were just trying to do anything and everything that they could do to throw off the Chiefs game because they just realized as a collective team, Mahomes is on is he's starting to get into that patented groove and if we don't like slow him down um and I think that's what ended up hurting him because you saw a couple of the, with those penalties and this is where maybe we can transition to the penalties is um you know you can say I, there's so much now where it's like you know the Chiefs get all the calls and whatever and I understand that there's missed stuff it's the NFL guys like the referees are going to yeah. miss stuff both ways I think honestly like if you look the, the way this was called I think it was a pretty fairly even game, honestly. Yeah, I know there was those bias. It wasn't a bias. Oh, like let's get you the Chiefs. Let's get the Chiefs the Super Bowl. Everyone so yeah. can be there. Like exactly. We were doing it. I was like, guys, I'm glad you brought up. it up first. I, I'm sorry. I just had to bring it up because people were like, "Hey, there was there is this conspiracy theory going around. Everybody wants Taylor Swift. There was there. Oh, they want her to be there. They want her want to see her on the sidelines. Which I'm not saying the NFL doesn't like the fact that she's there. That's a, a, a reasonable a reasonable assumption. But that doesn't mean the refs are going to give them, the Chiefs every call. That, that's just not the way the game is played. And yeah, if you watch well, the ball long enough, you'll, you'll know that. You And the reason that I counter that is because the penalties that were called on the Ravens were not obscene. They, if, if you can be a non-biased fan, every penalty, all of the unsportsmanlike contacts that the Ravens committed, if it was your team, you would accept that's an unsportsmanlike. Yeah. Going in, sure, there's trash talk going on, but it's always the second dude who gets hit. And plus, talk does not get penalized like actions do. You and I both know that, and anyone who's watching that football. Everyone accusing Kelsey of trying to say things to, like, rile them up. Okay, if they're true, then fine. Saying stuff doesn't get you penalized. Walking up, being the second dude to an issue, and headbutting another player is what gets you penalized, not chit-chat flexing over a player after you just pushed him to the ground and then standing over him, spin the ball and flexing on top of him. That's taunting. That's while, an obvious call. While you're call. down by 10. While you're down exactly. I wasn't even going to mention the while you're down by 10, trying to make a con a, a comeback. But just the fact that anyone who thinks, oh, the, the NFL, why don't they allow him to talk? I saw Joe Burrow let the guys taunt. It's like, Okay, Joe. It, okay, okay, Joe. Joe All right. Tell, tell me you're salty without telling me you're salty, man. Tell me you don't tweet. want the Chiefs to go. Tweet. Interesting tweet coming from him. <laughs> it's like, congratulations, you're now rooting for your division rival because of how much you don't want That's to hilarious. be displaced by the other guy. So it's just stuff like that. It's like, okay, if maybe you think I've always been in the opinion, 
I don't think you should taunt in sports just because I'm kind of a stickler for the sportsmanlike. Like I want yeah. it to be competitive. I I'm okay with it being chippy, but I still want there to be an element of sportsmanship. And I don't think you need to be directly taunting in someone's face. Um, if you want to, if you want to celebrate, then I'm totally fine with that, but don't shove someone to the ground and then just flex right over them. That's just, to me, doesn't have a place in sports in terms of the sportsmanship. That's just how I feel. Yeah. And even if you feel differently, regardless, it's the rule on the books. Okay. So Zay Flowers knew yeah, that and still decided to behave that way. Yeah. So, um, that's boneheaded mistakes. So that's the other thing that why I was, I think that's what I'll just end on is that it ultimately came down to, in a lot of ways, um, championship veteran playoff experience meets unproven desperate to prove themselves uh a team basically a, a, a great team i will give the ravens their props they were an amazing team this year they just when it comes to the playoffs they have not proven that they have the maturity and the experience to be able to get over the hump at this point and tell and i hate saying this but it's one of those things where it's not as bad as the cowboys and with dak at this point because dak just has that thing but it's like is Lamar starting to kind of get in that category? It's like I'm, until I'm, you until you win it yeah. and until get to the Super Bowl, it. man. I can't believe in you, dude. Like it's it's I can believe in Joe, and 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 I I'm, I'm not I trying to get all Josh of the Allen people. I can. I was Josh gonna Allen say Josh Allen, Allen next. It's like I'm not trying more. to be. Me more. I'm not trying to get all of my rivals as a Chiefs fan angry at me, but it's like if you're honest at this point, and you're if you're anyone other than a fan of those teams, other than Joe. And Pat, are you really going to believe or take any of them seriously in the playoffs until they actually show you at this point? Because right now, the Chiefs own the Bills. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to rub that in, Bills fans, but it's like at this point, your team is living in a paranoid nightmare where Patrick Mahomes is the boogeyman that you can't get out of your head. And then Lamar is just one of those things where... I'm sorry, as much as I enjoy watching Lamar, Lamar is kind of Dak-esque in terms of he can't get it done in the playoffs for whatever reason in the big game. He's now what, Wellington? One in, one in four, one in five in, in one playoff in games? One in four in playoff it's, games. So it's just I'm like sorry, you've got right? a, a horrible record in the playoffs. And the one game you won was against the woeful Titans. After I mean, I know they beat knocked out Brady that year, but it was the Titans, like I'm with, with led by... Um, uh, Tannehill and I know Tannehill was there and that Tannehill reached the AFC title game but like at the same time it's like that's your best win was the Titans and Come I've said on, it man. so many I mean, times just... I've said it so many times like Mahomes is not afraid of any of these guys but if there's one no. guy he looks across over the sideline he's like he can beat me it's Joe Burrow yeah, <laughs> it's I, Joe Burrow. and I'll and I'll you give him I will give Bengals fans that he's he legit it's the one dude where yeah. and even I'm still not putting Joe in Pat's category oh, like I'm no, sorry I'm not, I'm not but either. if we're I'm, I'm if we're talking like, and I'm not saying that you were trying to, but yeah. I just wanted to make sure that we were straight and we were both on yeah. the same page. It's like Pat is is head He's and shoulders above here. everyone. Like yeah, it's here. like it's like S tier and everyone else is in A tier. Like uh, and and Joe will maybe at the top. He's, he's of trying to catch A plus plus tier. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it, exactly. And I mean, it's like at this point he is. I, yeah. I, and I know people will have their disagreements, but if we're talking about like the beginning of their career, like Pat has got a better start to his career it's than Brady did. Start. It's in, dude, four he's Super been Bowl, to five, five of the last, uh, excuse me. He's been to four of the last five Super Bowls and he has not failed to make the AFC championship game in all six years that he has started. That's nutso. That, I don't, it's like, I, it is crazy. There's only one go performance. Hall of Fame thing. Like you're, you're doing yeah. at that point. And I'm not trying to say that he's there with Brady yet. He's still got to work his way up in Super Bowls, but like, we're going to get into the, and this is what makes it interesting in terms of the NFL. We're going to get into the Jordan versus LeBron debate because Pat is going to have all the stats, all of the 
all of the uh, accomplishments over Brady, and Brady's going to have that seven rings that Pat may or may not be able to reach. And so it'll be interesting to me, let's just say that Pat ends his career and he's on top of Brady in every statistical category, playoff wins, but the one thing that Brady's got is seven rings and Pat finishes with like four or five, and that's two less than Brady. That's what will be the interesting conversation at that point is, will we evolve enough or will it be a very similar Jordan DeBron debate? It just depends on where your head is. Do you like complete game or do you value just the championship and the chips at the end of the day? And that's and what also this, And also this, people will say, Hey, he beat he beat Mahomes in the Super Bowl, so people are going to. Yeah, also that's that. true. Yeah, and that's, that's I, the other part. That's the other part. So yeah, I, that's I, true. I think, I think in terms of just a start to his career, like it's six, unmatched. It's unmatched. it's unmatched. And the only thing is this: there's only one I think bad playoff performance he's, he's had is that second half. That second half. It's the second half against the Bengals. It's it. the one that haunts him to this day that's still. It. <laughs> and that's the one because they should have had. They should have had that game <laughs> because the the Bucks game, as bad as it was. They, they, if you look no, at that game, and I will forever, I will forever bang on on the on on the desk. Basically, they were down to second and third string offensive linemen, and I know that you have to play with who you are. But if you look against the Bucks team that they had on defense, especially that defensive that front seven, second and third stringers were not going to be able to hold up against that Bucks front seven that game. So it's like I understand you still have to play the game, but that's not as bad of a loss to me. When Mahomes is running for his life, running 300-some-odd yards in total aggregate because of how much he's having to run for his life, dotting people up, parallel with the ground, hits Tyreek Hill in the face mask, and he drops the ball. It reminded me very much of the Peyton Manning versus the Seahawks Super Bowl where it looked like Peyton Manning was the only one who wanted to be there in that Super Bowl. So I'm not going to lay that one on Mahomes. Yes, it was among the fewest points that he scored in a playoff game with nine, but I'm not I'm not going to chalk that up to Mahomes' fault because he was down significantly with offensive linemen, which means you're not going to be able to run for your life all game like that. So, yes, bad game, but it's not as bad as choking away uh, a 20-something-odd lead. What, what what was it, Wellington? 28-7 to seven at the halftime? Was yeah. that what it was with yeah, the Bengals? So. It was something like three scores against the Bengals, and they just melted game. down in the second half. And then they went to overtime, and it throws the game ceiling pick. It's and and the, the interesting play, thing. The play right before I remember this like like yesterday. The play right before halftime, and um, short of the goal line, short of the goal line, and, and Reed he wants to go for the field goal. Mahomes like, no, let's go for it, let's go. And he's like, all yeah. right, I'll let, I'll let you do it. You're Mahomes. Yeah, <laughs> that that's I guarantee you, Pat wishes he could change that. <laughs> he so wishes he could change keep that. momentum. Just kick the field goal, get keep momentum. No, but the other thing that was interesting is that Wellington, that was the last pick that he's thrown in the playoffs, was in that Bengals second half to Tyreek when it bounced off. It was and it was double covered and it was 40 yards down the field, but hits Tyreek in the hands, bounces off, gets picked off in overtime, and the Bengals end up winning uh, by the field goal to go into the Super Bowl. And that's the last pick that Mahomes has thrown because I think, um, I think Mahomes has started to change his style. He's realized... I got to do it Brady's way. Uh, His game is like much more mature now. Exactly. It's like everyone wants to say, and I realize the offense, if the offense looks this way next year, then we can talk about concerning. But you, I think this year was very much a growing pains thing in terms of letting Rasheed Rice mature, standing pat, holding the line until you got to the playoffs, and then we will be who we were meant to be, who we are at the end of the day. And I think that's what you saw with them and that's what I think you're going to see with them and I think they're just trying to play a more mature and they decided yeah. to play to their strength the defense was just stronger this year and I'm not afraid to admit that as a Chiefs fan but Mahomes is still that guy he's still going to get the job done and the defense is complimentary it's the best defense that Mahomes has had his whole career and they're not afraid to rely on it 
And that's a great thing, in my opinion, because Brady did it all the time. Brady Brady had more top five defensives in terms of scoring allowed the majority of his career. And that's how they prove that they win games is because I'm going to be fantastic, GOAT level, Hall of Fame, at the quarterback position. I'm going to do what I need to win the game, which is, in some cases, throwing the ball away, sacrificing my own personal statistics, and I'm going to do what I need to actually win the game. And I'm not going to try and put on the Superman cape anymore and try and go out there and just carry the team. That's not who I'm going to play anymore. And I think that's what you see, I've seen with Mahomes since that loss with um, to the to the Bengals two years ago. I think if you look at last year's playoff run, yes, the offense looked better, but Mahomes was playing more steady. And for sure this year, he, Mahomes has just been taking what the defense has been giving him. He's not been getting greedy, and he's not putting the ball in jeopardy, which is exactly what Brady did when it came to playoff time. Is And, and you can argue Mahomes is doing that better this past two years than Brady because of not throwing a pick. Uh, yeah. And like I said, he hasn't also taken sacks, and, and the, he's taken only five in the last six games. And, and like I said, two of those were on the high ankle sprain, I think, against um, the Bengals last year in the championship game. And then three were this championship game because of how good the Ravens front seven were. All the other four games that they play, played in, no sacks. Zero sacks in the Super Bowl against the Eagles. Zero Super Bowl, uh, zero sacks against the Bills last week. Zero sacks against the Dolphins. And then zero sacks against, um, uh, I think it was the Bills when they played the Bills to get to the... Um, the Bengals last year so zero sacks in all four of those games so he's doing what he needs to do getting the ball out quick throwing the ball away when it's not there um dirting the ball when he needs to avoiding sacks and then also what's super underrated about his game scrambling then when he needs to like I I will forever be amazed at how underrated his scrambling is like I understand Lamar is more dynamic Josh is a freak of nature when he takes off but like just watch Mahomes playoff games when he takes off when Mahomes take off, he just breaks your soul as the defense because he knows exactly when and where he needs to scramble, and he will just absolutely crush you. It's like third and nine, and you think you have everything covered and bottled up. Kelsey's finally locked up, and then shoop, there goes Mahomes up the sideline <laughs> and picks up the first down. And it's just like killer, killer first down. <laughs> it's it, like I said, it's not flashy like Lamar and Josh are when they take off, but it's needed. It's backbreaking when he takes off, and that's just such an underrated part of his game. So it's not he's, like he's, he's catching. Just, it's not like he's catching his own deflected pass like Lamar, ex- which is yeah, a crazy exactly. Play. No, that's not his game. Yeah, that was nuts. I was I was having I was having shades of the Tennessee game when we were yeah. with Alex Smith in the Tennessee game. Mariota doinks it off the dude's hands oh and then catches it goodness. and then dies. Uh, that was one of the most painful games as a cheese fan. I was literally in a, I was home really era, so I don't have yeah. to reflect about those anymore. Those those days are long gone. I waved goodbye in the rearview mirror a long time, Savon uh, Wellington. Yeah. I did it again. I got I am terrible no, with names today, okay. Wellington. It's okay. I'm, I'm still so pumped. I got where is Savon, man? Come on. Get here, where Savon. Is he, Savon? <laughs> At this you point you are already. dodging the smoke. <laughs> Get I here. Just, I just want to say this listeners, Micaiah said this was a growing pains year for the Chiefs. Think about how what a regular growing pains year for a team is. You get to the wild card. You You're lucky if you make the this, playoffs. This is a they're in the Super Bowl, and this was a growing pains year for them. That's scary. <laughs> that is scary. For this, this Wellington, it's not just growing pains. This is everyone admits the worst, the worst year of the Mahomes zero. era, and they are going to the Super Bowl again. What, it's what's like. Your, What's your pick for like your favorite like Chiefs team in the Mahomes era? Like, if there's one team you're saying, okay, like that's the team I think. Oh man, I know there's oh, so that's... many. I know there's... 
I love last year's just because we shut up all the haters. It was like, oh, you traded Tyreek Hill. What are you going to be without him? Go and win the Super Bowl without him in the first year that you traded and do it with all the pieces that you used to trade him away, basically, and and ended up building up a team. And so all the pieces that you ended up getting as a – I shouldn't say traded. You traded Tyreek and got all those draft picks and capital back, and you went out and drafted all the – you drafted an Isaiah Pacheco. Now, I know that was seventh round, so you didn't get him. But you got McDuffie, who ended up – being a fantastic player this year and last year as a rookie alongside Snead. Um, and just other players that you get a Carl Laftis who um, I can't remember if that was this year or last year. I think, was that this year? Carl, no, because last, last year was Carl Laftis year. Ended yeah, up being a good year. complimentary DN. He's shaping up into being a really good DN. It's, so it's just one of those things where it, it, it's, that one's great, but ah, man, I gotta go. I got to go with the year I think we beat the Bills because, like, that's the most memorable to me. So I think that was the first Super Bowl um, be- with the 49ers. I think I think it was that year because we beat the Bills in that overtime thriller. I remember where I was, Wel- uh, Wellington. I was in um, I was in Campus House uh, at PCC. That was our f- former uh, college at Wellington, and I had both attended. Yeah. Um, and so I was in my master's program. I was in uh, 2020. Was it 2020 or was it 2021? 2020. It was 2020. 2020. So I guess I was, was it, wait, was I, maybe I wasn't my master's year. I can't. So maybe the bills thriller was not, um, Oh, you're, that, mean, the bills you're meaning the 13th second. Yeah. That, which year was that? That was 2021. That was 2021. So the chiefs didn't win that one. That was the one to go to Tampa. Wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, so never mind. It's not that year. As as thrilling as it was to beat the yeah. Bills that year, because I that that's one of the most memorable games. I will tell you. But in terms oh of the teams goodness. by itself. Uh, the 20 was, that was the year that it was the Titans, wasn't it? That was the year it was the Titans made their run and then got smoked by us in the, yeah. Um, these years, hey, listeners, these years are colliding. It, they have so, they have such a great run. We just, we're forgetting the year. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm a Chiefs fan, y'all, and I can't, I can't keep it all straight, all the amazing it's moments. It's just, you just, it's just a blur. Um, man, I think I do got to go last year. I, as, as awesome as it was, I mean, it was electric you know to was? win. That almost felt like, to me personally, if I'm doing a comp, it felt like the year, the 2022 uh, year that the Warriors won the title because it was like, oh hey, yeah, we won yeah, one without KD. You guys mm-hmm. can't say anything else. Yeah, finally got that, and Steph finally, finally got, got one on his own. Yeah, no KD, no, no, um, no. It, the, yeah, the monkey. It, it was. It was not the 2016 Warriors where everybody was young. It was yeah. definitely Steph centric. Yes, Clay was there, but it's not the yeah. Clay of old. It's not the Draymond of old, and he's got all these young guys that he's carrying. So it was the first one where Steph like put on the Superman cape and won it by himself. And yeah. so I think that's what last year kind of felt like because you finally saw. No Hill. What are they going to look like without Hill? Well, Mahomes is the solution. It was never Hill. Hill was just a super nice piece to have in terms of just burning the top off of your defense. But I think the reason why I really like last year is because it was also a step towards Mahomes maturing because Mahomes wasn't going to be suckered into, oh, where's Tyreek? Looks like it's time to bail out play and go Superman because you couldn't do that anymore because there's no Tyreek to just chuck up the ball and Tyreek have his magic. Because don't get me wrong, Tyreek was magical. I, I'm, I'm, I'm making it sound like he was just another role oh, player, was, and I don't mean to make it sound like that because he's electric. He's, he's, he's easily top three receiver in the league, top one, I mean, when he's at his best. So uh, don't get me wrong. Um, he's an amazing piece, but it was just wonderful and awesome as a Chiefs fan to see. It's it was Mahomes, and Mahomes yeah. decided to take the step forward in terms of I I am now going to take what the defense gives me. I don't need 
to just chuck up the ball and let my amazing electric speed wide receiver make a play. I don't need to chuck it up to Kelsey and let him make it. I'm just going to take what's there and I'm going to be consistent and I'm going to be methodical. And that's what wins you games is playing smart football rather than heroic football as amazing as a Mahomes's heroic moments can look. It, it was just great just because we kind of got that monkey off our back last year in terms of you don't need Tyreek Hill, you 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 need Mahomes and you need Reed, and that's enough. That's enough to win the Super Bowl is when they're at their best. Then no one else is coming close, and I think that's just what was just so great about last year it, when everybody was just counting them out, and it looked like it was going to be everyone else, and they just they took care of business like they they have consistently. So I, it, it's either it's either the the and the reason I would say the 49ers the first Super Bowl is close is because it was the first one that we've gotten yes. since Super awesome. Bowl four. So it's like it's just so glorious getting that first one in Mahomes' second full year as a starter after the heartbreaking loss to New England in Arrowhead the year before in overtime. I mean, literally the same thing that happened to Josh Allen happened to Patrick Mahomes and people forget that about first that. Year, that that year they lost the, the Patriots. I was like. That, that would have been the be best around. year if they'd won the Super Bowl. If they'd won the yes. Super Bowl, then I would say unequivocally that team because that team was world beaters, and then Brady just did Brady things um, because I think they would have absolutely smoked the Rams um, that year. Um, ironically, my roommate is a great Saints fan, and that was the 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 Rams no call offensive pass oh, yeah. this year. And so we should have had it. We always joke. We should have had a chiefs Saints super bowl. And that I think would have been electric breeze versus Mahomes. Oh, um, but yeah, that would have been insane, but it didn't happen. Brady, Brady pulled his magic in the, in overtime, but I would say that one would probably have been the best year, but we didn't get to the super bowl. So I've got to say either the 49ers year or last year. And I'd edge out last year just a little bit, just because we got to see what Mahomes looks like when it's, when it's him running the show. And he's, and I'm not trying to I also then folks don't take away that I'm not, I'm trying to downplay Kelsey. Okay. Kelsey oh, was still Kelsey amazing was last year too, yeah. but it was, it was no, there was no one, two because the, the argument with Kelsey and Tyreek was always, Oh, you got to pick your poison. And if you pick both of them to double team, that means someone's wide open. If, if you decide to double team them, so you can't double team them. You had to pick your poison. Um, you could, you could double Kelsey and then bracket Tyreek, but just both of them are so good at finding the gaps that that would even be the death of you eventually over time. So I just enjoyed last year just because we, we destroyed the Tyreek narrative of Mahomes needed uh, a world beating wide receiver to, to, to win. And that's what will be great about this year is in a year where unequivocally he's had the worst receiving core. Everyone would say as good as Rasheed Rice has developed and he looks like Rasheed's going to be a solid number one. Um, and but trusting it's Marquez one of those things. Can't, and we can't forget. Trusting and we Marquez. can't say it now. I, I know, like, right? He caught oh that deep bottle like Buffalo, and then Baltimore. I was like, no way, no way. MBS. I was like, that's that's where Mahomes is so different. He was like, he said it all throughout the year. Hey, we're gonna figure it out. We're gonna figure it out. Yep. He, I'm gonna he trust those guys. And this he is where them. he's like Brady, and maybe even a little bit better than Brady is that he would not blackball people. He will. He does not blackball people just because they have had a rough streak. He might go away from them for a little bit to where they can figure out some things in the in the in between the week because he doesn't want to put the game at risk by trying to force them when they're having a slump time. But he will not like just quit going to them because the Buffalo game, exactly like you said, he had the incredible one-handed fade to the sideline that he caught that was super clutch. And then he caught the 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 game ceiling catch at the end of the the Ravens game. So it's one of those things where it's like. Even the supposed weak link of the Chiefs ended up coming through and paying off in the end. What yeah. are you going to do? It's what just like it, 
it must suck to hate the Chiefs because it's just one of those things where it's like everything's everything's sunshine and rainbows for the Chiefs in the end. So they it's just like it's crazy. Right they have the Midas touch now. And, and thirty nine. I'm so we're gonna move on to the Lions for because thirty nine minutes we just didn't talk about the Chiefs. <laughs> you you had to. You knew who you were inviting <laughs> on, Wellington. Like, when, when we when we have a Chiefs fan, we have to talk because hey, like they're 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 the dynasty right. They're on the verge of being a dynasty right now. So we we, we got to talk on about the verge. Them. You think on the verge. Well, when we, when we come talk on, about man. They're a dynasty already. They, I mean, they're I, locked I in because of this so. year. I think so. But people will say, oh, you got to win at least three to be a. I already no. think they're a dynasty. They've been insane. Like, you know what I mean? Now you're just, say, now hey, you're just trying not- to raise the bar above to now Super Bowl wins. And it's like they've been to six out of six AFC championships. How is that not a dynasty? And four of the last five Super Bowls. Yeah, they haven't won them all, but it's like you're not going to win them every year. So like what yeah. do you want from a dynasty to me? I I get what you're what you're saying and what people expect. To me, I just don't buy into that because you've been every every year that Mahomes has been in here, it. like I said, I don't want to keep hitting it again, but you've been in the AFC Championship, which is the the one game away from the biggest game. Yeah. Every year that your quarterback has been there, you've been in four of the last five Super Bowls, and you should have been in five of the five had it not been for the the meltdown against the Bengals. But Sarah, Sarah, they weren't, and so it's just one of those things. And then, yeah, they they didn't win all of them, but they've won now two, possibly three. And so it's like, how is that not a dynasty? Especially if they win it this year. There's there's no arguing oh, for sure they if they win it this year. year. I argue. think there's already no arguing it just because of the six AFC championships and the four out of five Super Bowls to me. That's I just, just want to that's say a dynasty. A person I watch every week, Michael Wilbon, I'll pardon the interruption, he goes at the Chiefs every week. He says they're just a dynasty. Di- he used to call them a dynasty of one. They're just a dynasty of one. And I'm not going to be impressed until they win multiple. Michael Wilbon. After they beat the, which I think they will beat the 49ers, you have to you have to refer to them as a dynasty. We can't do the more dynasty of one. It's over if they beat the 49ers <laughs> this year. It's a dynasty. The the reason I hate that standard though, Wellington, is because yeah, the Patriots won three, and then they went that huge stretch where they didn't win one until. Maybe, do do we did we stop calling them a dynasty after those first three? No, nobody stopped calling. They had their best year statistically in that gap. Nobody stopped calling them a dynasty after that. So it's like, yeah. miss me with that. Like, I understand <laughs> they won three and the Chiefs have only won two. But at the same time, like, the, the Patriots hadn't gone to six straight AFC championships under Brady with that stretch. Uh, yeah, just miss me with that. I'm, I'm, over, I'm over with that, man. They're a dynasty. I'm sorry. If you, if you don't, you're just a Chiefs hater if you don't want to admit that they're already a dynasty to me. I, I get the three minimum, but it, when you've been to, you've been to, Four out of five. You get a seat and you've won two of those. You get a seat at the dynasty table. There are yeah. there are in there. Um, and now moving on to the NFC Championship, the Lions blown lead and for next. Exhale, game. everybody. Exhale yeah, with us. Ex- <laughs> ex- exhale with us. We know that. <laughs> we won't be as intense with this one. Well, maybe we some of us. I mean, yeah. once Savon gets here, I'm then we will be because because Savon ticking. said some some not so nice things about the winner of this game, yeah, and he's been bullying them all year, and yet. The two teams that he's trashed all year end up here. We are Super Bowl, and the two teams yep. that he's dumped on and, and consistently. Remember, and remember, and I want to go back to this because I, I, I think you remember this. He, he mentioned the Eagles, and he said they're going. Oh yeah, I was there for that. One. They're going sixteen and one, and I was like, Savon, they're not going sixteen. Like, <laughs> he was convinced was they like, were not going to lose another one of those games. He, he. Anyways, poor guy. I, I honestly, there was a part of me that felt bad because he was so confident, and then they just rattled like, off like, what was it, three straight, straight losses? Back. 
They yeah, it was like three straight right? losses. He he. They lost to the 49ers. They lost to the Cowboys, and then they lost to the Giants. It's like, oh man, and he missed hard he with that lost one. To the Cardinals at one point. He even lost to the Cardinals. Yeah, it was the Cardinals. It wasn't the Giants. Goodness. It was the Cardinals. Yeah. yeah. And it's um, just that's that was a classic. I don't know if you remember the Pittsburgh Steelers a few years ago when they were like eleven and zero, and everyone. It's the, the so Eagles overrated. this year. Were the Steelers of however many years ago that was? It was like they were eleven and zero, but for some reason with the Steelers that year, everyone realized this team ain't for real. Like I'm sorry, I know they're eleven zero, but this team ain't for real. But we didn't want to say that about the Eagles because time. they had just gone to the Super Bowl last year. So we were. Savon was right in terms of you, you got to trust them to figure out. But I just think that is one of those things that after they lost the 49ers and then the Cowboys, you started to see warning signs. And then for sure, when they lost against the Cardinals, the alarm bell should have been going off when that happened. It's like this team is not together anymore. There's something wrong. And that if they don't figure it out really quickly, then it's, it's bad juju. And then that's what happened against the Buccaneers is the Buccaneers like absolutely curb stomped them in that game. And it just looked like the, the Eagles didn't even want to be there that game. So it was just, that's why Makaya is so smart. This is why Makaya. So I've been, I, I don't know that many people have, have mentioned the 2020 Steelers. I mentioned it uh, once on Twitter and I was like, Hey, is anybody else remember the 2020 Steelers? Because that's because that was the year that the chiefs were, were, were with Mahomes, And that's the year that they won the Super Bowl. And everyone was like, Oh, it's going to be another Steelers chiefs. And the Steelers, they look like these world beaters. And then what they do is just nosedive those last five games. I think they lost. I think they lost or six games at that time because we hadn't gotten the 17. I think they went one and five in those last games. They were like 11 and 0, and then they went one and five in the last games. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, no, I, re- I remember Wellington. Yeah. And now I'm going to say, I got you. San Francisco won 34 31 after a 17 point rally. Christian McCaffrey had two TD runs. Backup Elijah Mitchell scored on a three yard run. And, and man, like after the first, I don't know how you felt after the first half. I was like, looks like the Lions got it. Looks like the Lions got it. It wasn't saying that it was oh, yeah. completely over. You can't, you can't count out that 49ers offense, but this is where risking and going for it and being bold. I'm not saying that it's it's not it's not it's not always bad analytics, but there's sometimes you can try to outsmart yourself. And I think Dan Campbell, there are a lot of times, hey, just go for go for the points, and he just kind of just try to push the agenda, push the narrative, and obviously the lines, which there were just so many fluky plays at, at some that point. That game was nuts in terms of fluky nut, plays. It was, it was nutty. Um, but I want, I want to, and I know Savon will hate this. Brock Purdy made some, he made some impressive plays in the second half. He did. You see, you see my boy scrambling. You see my boy scrambling. Game changing plays. I know Cam Newton wants to call him a game manager and put him there down. Whatever, whatever. Oh Cam, I'll get to, we'll get to that later. Trust me. We, we will address that. But what did you think about this comeback? Tell me you're salty without telling me you're salty, man. (laughs) All all these salty people, This dude, after he got his money, was 30 and 36. And this dude wants to say he's a game manager. (laughs) This dude wouldn't dive on a football in the Super Bowl. And you have the audacity to call Brock Purdy. We remember that Super Bowl, Cam. We remember that Super Bowl. It's like, dude, miss me with that. Like, you you can't be – I understand. And here's the thing. And I don't, I don't want to get sidetracked from the main issue, but we just stop on Cam real quick. I, I get what he's saying because if you look at it at face value, he's right. Brock Purdy's, in terms of talent wise, he's he is the tenth or worst player on his team. Like if, yeah. if we named the players on the 49ers, Brock Purdy would not be mentioned until double digits. I, I think we can all agree with that. But it's the sentiment in terms of the quarterback is the most valuable position in football, especially in the NFL, and Brock Purdy is the 49ers quarterback. And I understand that so that you know people like Savon want to say 
yak 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 with the with the i watched that episode okay see i watch you guys you guys all gotta be watching yeah i i, I was there when Yvonne, when savon was just oh yak, i'm so yak, glad yak, you said yak. that i'm so glad you said i was like hey savon come on man come on <laughs> who's getting them the ball it's like it's still at the end of the day yes they're great at yards after catch but you still got to get them the ball and it's not always easy to do that with uh, by the, the way, by the, think way Mikhail, saw... by the way, by the way, Makai, he's 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 almost here. Savon's almost okay. Here. Okay, almost we're, here. We're, we're almost we're almost to the exciting <laughs> time, <laughs> folks. As exciting as the Chiefs discussion between Williams and I was, you have no idea how exciting this you podcast no is idea. about to you get. Have no you have no idea how long Wellington and I have been texting and no, and talking about this return we've been waiting for this we've been waiting for this episode <laughs> this is why i feel bad because savan doesn't even know that he's about to get jumped and he is totally about to get jumped and i feel so bad but so good about it at the same time because he was so stuck on it you guys were messaging about me <laughs> It wasn't directly about you, Savon. It was more about when I was going to get to come back on so we could have the discussion, okay? It was not actually targeted at you. Um, but, but yeah, this, 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 yeah keep, going, keep going. The game was, yeah, to get back on track, regardless of what Cam has to say, it's just it's salty talk at that point just because it's like he he's the quarterback. He's who they need. He's good for them. And, and, and you can look at it. Shanahan has not made it to the Super Bowl with anyone other than Purdy and Garoppolo. So it's like you can say that Shanahan has the system for the quarterbacks. Beathard didn't make it happen. Um, I'm trying to think that Lance did not pan out. And I'm trying to think of their other one random cornerback that they had uh, that they tried to make work. Uh, I, I can't remember. Um, but it's like it, you got to give them some credit at the same time because it's like the dude has not lost a playoff game that he's finished healthy. The only game he lost was that game against the Eagles last year where he basically tore the ligament in his elbow. So it's one of those things where, and they didn't have McCaffrey last year. So I understand like you added a phenomenal piece, but their, um, their defense isn't as good as it was in the past. In my opinion, now the defense stepped up this game, um, but their defense isn't nearly what it was, especially the defensive line. Like you can, that's the crazy thing about the 49ers is like, it used to be, you could not run on the 49ers. And now you definitely can run on the 49ers. It's, it's, it's like, it's kind of like the chiefs. Their, their strength say, is more I, linebackers I, and secondary. I think that's something that the chiefs are going to pay attention to with that. I'll, oh, you, you better Pacheco. believe Isaiah Pacheco. Like I'm telling you all, if you have not watched chief games, the, the reason I'm hype as a chiefs fan is not just because Mahomes is cooking and because the defense is amazing. It's because the new number 10 in town runs like he hates the ground that he walks on. And that dude is crazy. Like, it's got to be demoralizing, Wellington, when this dude rips off a four-yard run and he just pops up and, like, just, like, sprints five more yards down and, like, you kind of, like, to psych himself out. It's like, that dude, yeah, Pacheco's nuts. I can't wait to see what how the how Reed implements the run game uh, against the 49ers. But, yeah, so the I would say that the, the in saying that, the 49ers have to do uh, a lot more on offense to get what they need done. Uh, and so Purdy has really been instrumental. Now. Did he have a good game against the Packers? Overall, no. He now the, what was cool about the Packers game is did he make the game-winning drive? Yes. Oh, so did. while he did not have a great game against the Packers, he he did move the ball when he needed to most. So despite his limitations, he found a way to win. And then in this game, you got to see him basically break the Shanahan curse. And that was when Shanahan is down. I can't remember the exact stat, but when Shanahan was down by, I think, 20 or more points, right? 
or like double digit. I can't remember what the crazy weird stat was, but it's like if he was down by more than a touchdown in the fourth quarter, then he was like two and 30 something is like something abysmal. I can't remember that's what the exact the thing, stat was. That's the thing because people, even for me, like when they were trailing the Packers, I'm like, man, they don't do well when they're trailing. They like don't Shanahan, look, yes. he loves to be in the lead, Ahead. run, keep it going, keep the offense going, and then they can just, you know, keep keep it humming. Because Shanahan is very much a, a scripted person in terms of running what is on script and making that happen. And so I think that's why you see that a lot of times, which is why a lot of times with his quarterbacks, I think that's why you see them. But Purdy is one of the few that has seemed to be able to at least in these past two games to overcome that a little bit because he's been able to come from behind um, and end up winning when the game mattered. Now, to the the lion side of it, because uh, we got to address this too, because it both seemed that it, from a certain perspective, you could see like the Ravens and the Lions both gave away these games from a certain perspective, even though I I will always push back against that. The teams that win still deserve their credit, but definitely I'm not going to discount that the other teams could do things that could let them back in the game or cause them to win the game. The Lions in this case, for the Ravens, it was a failure to run the ball. For the Lions, it was their super aggro play calling with Dan Campbell, and I love him to death. I think he's an amazing head coach. I think he's exactly what that organization needs but he just went super aggro on every fourth down and it just bit him in the butt. Um, I kind of understand a few of them because if you look at their roster, the Lions do not have a good kicker. So the one where he went from it from like the 49ers, what was it? 36. And it would have been like a 50 something yard field goal. I understand that because you've got a kicker who you're not super comfortable with relying on for long kicks. So I get that one, but the one Wellington, when they were up, um, I can't remember what they were up, and maybe this was the first quarter, and so it wasn't as impactful, but they went for it when it was like fourth and three in the red zone, a super makeable field goal to me, and they went for it, and they didn't get it, and it's like, why are you going for it when you're up yeah. multiple scores instead of kicking the 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 40-something, again, I understand you're worried about your kicker, but if you can't kick, rely on your kicker to kick it a 40-something yard, then then you're truly hamstrung at that point. Oh, if you yeah. can't trust him to kick a 40-yarder, I understand 40-yarders no chip shot, but at the same time, like 40-yarders, that's about the average in the NFL. Uh, if you can't kick that, then you're truly in in a world of pain. So I just didn't understand that one. They're, they're just The Lions this whole year and they, they happened against the Cowboys game too, when they just seemingly went for it out of rage because of that, that controversial call. Um, but they just, it's one of those things where they have lived by emotion and it looked like this game, the emotion finally got them in the butt and it caused their downfall. Um, 49ers just came through when it mattered most. Um, and the lions kind of just, I'm, I'm sure Savon will say, you know, the lions pulled the lions as, you know, as a Packers fan, but, um, and it certainly looked like it in this one because just the, the Lions were on top and then a few fluky things from Jared Goff, you know, the fumble from, um, was that Montgomery or Gibbs that fumbled that ball? Um, I'd have to go back and look. Um, that that definitely led them back into the game because they were yeah. on their own territory and the, the 49ers got it at like the Lions 30, 25. They were basically in the red zone when they recovered that fumble. Um, they got some fortunate breaks that that random one that bounced off of the Lions helmet and right into Brandon Ayuk's hands um, that got him there at the four yard line. But yeah, I mean, I just don't understand at this point how you don't give Purdy his flowers, because I understand he may not be the flashiest 
are the most talented player on the 49ers roster. But like you said, he made some great throws when he needed to. Sure, he got lucky with a few, but I mean, luck is a part of the game in the NFL. You get yeah. lucky with some of them. Um, and the other underrated thing about this game was he looks like they might have found something with him being able to scramble. Um, so I'd have to look at what he ended up scrambling for, but I'm pretty sure it was a, a, a sizable chunk. Um, and so if they can use that and exploit it to their advantage, then I think that they're going to be uh, sitting well. I'm still going to have the Chiefs just because at this point, I don't understand how you doubt the Chiefs. Um, he had five carries for 48 yards. So, I mean, yeah. not 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 too bad. Not, not too, too bad. bad. Uh, when And there was just some, some great moments. There was that one where he's running to his left, uh, and he opened himself up and threw to, to use check along the sidelines. That looked really great. So, I mean, he just had some great moments. And then at the end of the day, they were down, and he maintained his composure. And you can say that the, the Lions made some mistakes that let him in the game, but you still have to capitalize off those mistakes. And that's coming from a Chiefs fan, where after the defense stripped Lamar and the fumble, the Chiefs did nothing with it. Um, on the drive where they they got the ball from the Ravens um, on that fumble from Zay, Zay Flowers on the goal line, I think that they might have gotten a field goal out of it. So the Chiefs didn't make the most of their opportunities. Brock Purdy in this game, he did on the ones that the mistakes that the Lions did. So, I mean, you got to give him his flowers at this point to me. He's in the Super Bowl. Um, I know they have a great team. I know they've got a lot of great players. He's but still got to deliver the matter, to, these, to, to these great receivers. You still well, exactly, have to and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I guess that's where I would push back against people, you know, that just want to say that it's total yards after catch. It's like if you watch, especially this game, they were not all, like, wide open. He had to make some good throws to be able to get them. And then, yes, the, the, that's the part of being a team is that they, they, they all know their role. And the 49ers have some great role players with Kittle, um, uh, Kittle, Debo, and um, CMC. And so they're going to be electric when they get the ball. Um, and you look at the stats, and the reason why I think this is a perfect game of why Purdy is great for them, you look at the stats, CMC didn't have a phenomenal, he was short of 100 yards. So, I mean, I, that's still, I guess that's still great. You know, I shouldn't say I guess. It is great. If, if you it get is. 100 <laughs> yards, it's still solid. But I, I hate saying that. That's, that's dumb to say. Yeah, if you get 100 yards rushing, that's, yeah. that's a good game. But he didn't break 100 quite. Um, none of the receivers had over 100. So it wasn't like any of them just went nuts. He, You look at all their stats and and Purdy distributed the ball. They all have like really good receiving stats between Ayuk, Debo, CMC, and even um, Jennings in, in, in that category. So he, and then Kittle on top of that. So he distributed the ball. He did what he needed to. Um, and I just think he proved his mental. So, uh, I mean, you can't, you can't hate on the guy anymore to me. He's, he's done what he's needed to do. And you can say he's got a, a, a plethora of gluttony of riches, but at the end of the day, you have to do something with those. And they were down and other quarterbacks in Shanahan's system have been down and they've had those same weapons, Wellington, minus CMC. Okay, so if we want to say CMC is a difference this year, then I guess I can't totally push back against that in, com- in completion in totality. But at the same time, they've other people have had Debo's. They've had um, a Raheem Mostert, who's not as electric as CMC, but he's still speedy. He's still solid. I mean, we saw him this year in Miami. He's still a good player. And yeah. the, the 49ers have had Raheem Mostert's in, in their running back room. And they had George Kittle. So they've had those same weapons, and they've not made it to the Super Bowl. Or if they made it to the Super Bowl, they they fell short. So to me, it's like it's it's him and Jimmy G. So 
I mean, he hasn't gotten there, Shanahan, with other quarterbacks, and Jimmy G only made it once for all the years that he had Jimmy G as his quarterback. So to me, you, you got to give him his flowers at this point. And even if he loses, then it's still it's still great for him. Uh, and if they win, for sure, then I don't know what people who are, you know, hating on him so much are going to do, unless it just ends up being a game where, you know, CMC just carries them and ends up, it, like, people are going to lose their minds, Wellington, if he if they beat the Chiefs and he's a Super Bowl MVP, Brock Purdy. Like, people pe- people will not have a leg to stand on oh, at that point because it's like man. mystery relevant becomes Super Bowl MVP. What are you going to do at that point? Well, well, listeners, say we're going to take a quick break because Savon, Mr. S- Mr. Savon Morris – He's waiting to come in. The, the, the moment of truth. The moment of truth where we got a lot of questions for him. We got a lot of questions for him. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Be right back, y'all. Listeners, I have sad news. You're not going to get the episode you thought you were going to get. We literally have tried everything. We took a like an hour-long intermission. Technical difficulties just did not want to see... Savon have to deal with us. Technical difficulties, technical difficulties. uh-huh. Sure, sure, <laughs> Savon. Sure. But but uh in terms of in terms of this this NFC championship though, when you when you look at it from the Lions perspective, what stands out the most because we were just talking about, you know, the fumbles, the the the, the going forward on, on on fourth down, all of that. What in particular is kind of the the big takeaway of this game this season for for Detroit? I mean, I think Dan Campbell outlined it perfectly when he said that it's going to be hard to get back to this moment. Like this may have been, I think the exact quote was, this may have been our only shot. And while that seems like very doomsday-ish, it's like uh, the NFC has not been kind to like repeat appearers on their side. It's not like the AFC where they have the same juggernaut that just seems to like get the same shot it's not everybody's the chiefs and that's not again not as a chiefs fan trying to hype up the chiefs it's just the nfc side when you look at it has not had a repeat appearer since man i'm trying to think wellington like the seahawks i think i think it has like all the way back with 2013 and 2014 like the nfc has not what the afc has basically been run by brady and mahomes and on the other hand, that the NFC has basically been a rotating door of whoever's good yeah. fortune bounces that that year. And so it, it just is one of those things where if you're a Lions fan and and don't get me wrong, like I was actually I was rooting for the Lions. Like I, I not just as a Chiefs fan, not just because I wanted like redemption from that first game of the year that was supposed to be kind of like our coming out party. And then we ended up getting humiliated because you know Kelsey's out and Jones is still getting his contract worked on um so I would have liked that redemption but just even for the Lions story like it's just they were a nice young hungry team Uh, I mentioned before we went to break I really like Dan Campbell I think he's the type of coach that they need and that's good for that kind of an organization and just feeding them um the fuel that they need to but it's just it's really hard to get back to that spot especially on the side with the NFC um so I, I don't know what I could if I was to blame it on any one issue, because as much as some of the fourth down issues we both agreed were a little head scratching, I still don't know that's what cost them the game. It was just one of those things where it's a weird combination of several things that just kind of cost them the game. I mean, well, I'll tell you another thing, uh, and I don't know when they blew their third timeout, but like on side kicking it. What are you doing, man? Like. 
what are you doing with an onside kick? It just the onside kick, the way since they've changed the rules, you can't get the running head start anymore because of player safety. And I, I guess I get that, but just like as if they leave onside kicks the way they are now, it's just your chances are so slim of getting that back. So it's like you have a better chance. You had two timeouts of just kicking it away, just praying, praying that something happens and you just burn the two timeouts and you have, 30, 20 seconds left to get in field goal range and and get it. So, I mean, it's hard, but like I just to me, I, I onside kicks not the way to go. But at the same time, like there were other mistakes that kept them out of that game. Like we both mentioned, like, why are you blowing that lead? It's just one of those things where the, the ball bounced a bad a couple of times. They, they coughed up that fumble in their own territory. Um, I can't remember if Goff threw a pick. I don't think Goff threw any picks in that game. Um, but they just failed to convert a couple times. So it just was one, it was truly one of those things where it was several factors where the 49ers just finally figured it out on offense and the Lions were not able to generate as consistent of a pass rush as they were early on to get to Purdy. Uh, the turnovers and then uh, some of the bad fourth down calls, I think, in terms of getting greedy instead of just kicking it. Because if you kicked it a few times or at least tried to kick it and at least one of those gets converted, then we're stuck with a tie game and then we're going into overtime, you know. But, I mean, coulda, woulda, shoulda, didn't. So I think that's just was a combination of things for them. And so moving forward, I, I hope to see them. But, I mean, um, to to – Savon's credit in terms of hyping up Jordan Love, he looks like he's the real deal. So I mean, that division's not going to be. It's not going to be easy. I, I think this that was I think that was the easiest this that division was going to be because Kirk got knocked out. So there went the Vikings. You know, um, I, whatever happens with the Bears, I mean, we can throw them out even for sake of argument. But the Vikings were, are going to be back. They're 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 not going to be content to to stand pat. So they're going to either re-sign Kirk and not get as bad of luck of him being hurt all year. Or they're going to go out and they're going to they're going to trade up probably and draft one of these young guys that's coming out of college and build through that way and get their get their Jordan love. And then, like I said, then the Packers, this is probably the weakest that the Packers are ever going to be with this team because Jordan love looks be like he's legit. They're they're they're, they're, they're they, I mean, exactly. We, we they, they I think they could have easily. Um, I mean, they humiliated Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. They could have been, been, been like Detroit. They could have been. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> if they made it past the Niners, they totally could have made the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm not saying that the Lions couldn't have beat them also, but it was totally within the realm of possibility that the Packers could have like the Packers were kind of in that Bills conversation in terms of they were playing hot at the yeah. right time. And so if they had made it past the Niners, I really think that there's a good shot that they would be the ones in the Super Bowl rather than the Lions had they gotten past because um, just the way Jordan Love was playing was great. And I'm, I mean, he made a couple of mistakes in that game against the 49ers that cost them, but I mean, he's going to mature and they're going to be better. Their, their defense is going to get better. Those young core of receivers that are so dynamic and excellent are going to just mature. And especially if they can just stay healthy, they're going to be awesome. Cause say what you will. Um, Green Bay does not lack for, for, for drafting, um, for talent, it seems like, and finding diamonds in the rough. Um, they just don't like their free agent signings. And so um, they always seem to develop well. And it seems like that's going to be the case with Jordan Love and with that wide receiving core. So that's just his own division. That's just their own division. Um, San Francisco is going to continue to be there because they're going to either hang on to Purdy and continue to be a threat. Or if they decide to move off of him, they're going to try and go get somebody probably because the 49ers are not going to be content to be irrelevant. 
you've got the Rams that are going to be in that contention because Matt Stafford played phenomenal this year. I mean, look at that game that the, the I Lions say that. Got knocked out. The Rams by could Stafford. have easily won. The Rams could have easily. That was another example of where I think they would the, 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 And that's what I mean by the NFC is weird. Literally, the two two of the wild card teams, Wellington, could have been in the Super Bowl had they made it past the Lions and the 49ers. I, I totally could have seen the Rams in the Super Bowl, and I totally could have seen the Packers in the Super Bowl the way those two clubs were playing there at the end. So I, I the there's other teams in the NFC. Maybe the Eagles figured out. I mean, I'll just say for sake of um, their their management and giving them their respect, even though they looked super shaky this year, they probably figure it out, I guess, and probably, and I mean, hopefully for their sake that they figure it out. Um, so, I mean, we'll just still throw their name out there as a contender. Um, and Dallas, I mean, I, I know that we're Dallas is going to continue to be the joke, all but Dallas in, is still going to be all in Cowboys. Jerry Jones said it they're always, man. yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's going to be one of those things where sure. They, we may joke about them not making the Super Bowl, but they're still going to be there in the playoffs most years, yeah, um, vying for a spot in the regular season because Jerry's not going to be content for them to be, um, bad. I, I know we, 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 the, the, the good, versus mediocre conversation is one we could have with the Cowboys, but he's not going to allow them to be bad. I think we could all agree. Um, and so I, you just, that's the teams I've just ticked down there that you've got two in their own division. You've got two in the NFC West, and then you've got two at least in the NFC East. And then, I mean, someone's going to come out of the South. So I once, uh, hopefully the South figures it out with someone. I mean, the Bucks looked Look solid this year, um. So we'll see like if they continue to improve. With I like how Baker I, looked, man. I was I, so I, I, happy. I like I know so many people gave him hate, and I didn't like some of his stuff coming out of college because he just looked super cocky. But I have just gained a really big respect for him in the NFL, just because people have like dissed him, and it's like you're dissing the dude who got the Browns their first playoff win in how long again? Like forever. And everyone wants to make it about the talent. It's like the same conversation I felt like with Purdy. It's like, okay, yeah, the talent was all good. Um, who I'm there's plenty of talent running around the NFL. Who was the last person, the last quarterback again to get the Browns a win? Um, I'll wait. So and and, and I realized that, you know, he had the Panthers and everyone who wants to use that in his indictment at this point. Anyone who plays for the Panthers is is doomed. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. The the Panthers are the Panthers First are story. Player purgatory, like, and then he goes, and then he has some good stint with with the Rams. Even though Stafford's the guy, um, he came in. I'm pretty sure a couple games for when Stafford was dinged, and he looked decent, which is what got him the contract with the Bucks. And then I think he looked great this year with the Bucks. So I mean, yeah, I'm I'm willing to put the Bucks in terms of um that conversation. That the Falcons, if they can figure out their head coaching situation, always that's the coach so much. It's always the coaching because I want I, the I Falcons want to have so much talent, and yeah, they do have to figure out the quarterback. I get that, but like everywhere else, other than quarterback, it's like, how are you guys not good? You guys have Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and this year Bijan Robinson. How are you all not good on offense? There's no excuse for why you're not good on offense. Um, the Saints may be figured out, um, although they can't be too happy and impressed with what they saw out of Derek Carr this year, and I think they were hoping a little bit better there. But the Saints will, f- the Saints are a, a, a solid organization. They'll figure it out. And then, like I said, so I mean, I'm I'm I know I'm probably grasping at straws at that point, but you get you everyone that's listening catches my my meaning in that the the NFC is just 
pick anybody. I mean, anybody could have their moment if they get the quarterback right or if they pick up the right pieces in free agency or if the defense yeah. is healthy or name your thing in, in the NFC. That's kind of what it is with the NFC is something changes from year to year and a random team will be better than they should be because they're either the healthiest or they've got the best run going on at that moment. And that's just kind of how the NFC runs. If you look at all the Super Bowl representatives, I mean, I think the the Eagles last year were the most convincing in recent era of in terms of being like a solid team that like was not an upset and a surprise. But like there's just always seems to be like a surprise coming out of the NFC. It seems like on the regular um, the, the, there are not a lot of established teams in the NFC that stick around for very long. They just seem to come and go. Um, yeah. And, and so it's just going to be hard for the Lions to get back to this spot. Very hard because you never know how many times we're going to get back. And, and like we, we, you mentioned some of, something with coaching with the Falcons, and there's been so many coaching changes. Obviously, Harbaugh to the Chargers. Crazy, man. Gerard Mayo to, with the Patriots, Mike McDonald, Seahawks. What's been and your oddly, overall take? Belichick and Vrabel have not, they're not going to get a coaching. That's crazy, man. And All the coaching this, jobs have been filled. I do want to say, before I, before I ask you the coaching question, with Belichick, I'm going to say it's not just coaching that comes to Belichick. It's also, hey, how much control is he going to have over the management, yeah. the GM yeah. role? How much is he going to want? Can he actually how much? What, what's his pound of flesh yeah, that how, he's going to ask for? When people were saying he's going to, he should go to the Cowboys. I'm like, Jerry Jones wants to be the face of the cow. He doesn't want anybody yeah, to be, have, be a never, never was gonna work. face. Like that's just that's just not gonna happen. But to you, no, that doesn't change my mind. That I was surprised that they did not fire McCarthy because I just was done. mind mind blowing to me. Again, and I know and you I'm guys didn't. I'm gonna shout him out again. I'm gonna shout out Savon again. I'm shout out my co-host again. He he said it made sense. I was like, I don't get it. I don't. I don't, I don't get, get after it either. Three straight twelve win seasons, but you, you know, you know why he's right, and it does make sense is because the Cowboys are the definition of mediocrity. Oh yeah, no, yeah. So that's course, that's for, why it does it, make it sense. sense for the it doesn't make sense to you and I, Wellington, because the way we're wired, we want to win, and that's not to say that Savon doesn't with his teams, but Savon at least gets it in terms of identifying that the Cowboys are com- they're content with mediocrity. It's why they've held on to Dak so long. It's why they're going to hang on to McCarthy. They they. Jerry Jones does not like change. He's stubborn and he wants to make work what he thinks will actually work when it obviously will not. Yeah. Like McCart- McCarthy was washed. He was a bad hire in the first place. I'll stand by that. Yeah. He, he, everyone wants to be like, Oh, he, he won a super bowl with Rogers. I, I'm sorry. I don't care. Rogers got him that super bowl and he was riding the coattails. Like I'm, I'm sure he I'll was decent. He's the but doc it's just rivers. Like, he's the doc rivers of the NFL. Exactly. I'm sorry. We're, like, we're still uh, riding great in the regular season, not good in the postseason. <laughs> we're still riding high for that 2008 Celtics championship. And he exactly. has not done anything with any other McCarthy team. has milked, as much out of that one Super Bowl win as he is gonna milk for, in my opinion, it's That's just it. like, it's anyways, yeah. it's yeah. just mind boggling. But I, I'm I'm glad Savon's got it figured out because it just I'm with you. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't to make me. any sense to me. Let's but let's run it back. Let's whole... hang on to Dak. Let's hang on to McCarthy. Let's run it back and see what changes again. Again, in this Same whole song, fortieth verse. In this whole coaching carousel, though, is there one that kind of stands out the most to you in the in this um off season? I mean, as a Chiefs fan, how is it not horrible out of the Chargers? I mean, I know that's the super obvious one, but uh, biasedly and just because of the other the other thing that's interesting about the Chargers is it's the one job that had 
a quarterback that has a potential to be the superstar. I know that we've had a debate I'm, when I've been on, we've had a debate about Herbert and him getting it done. Um, I still hang on to the fact, yes, he has. And I know Savon would push back if he were on this uh, because I know Savon and I'm not sure I, I remember where you stand on this, but I know Savon is a little bit more anti Herbert in time in terms of holding him accountable. And I, and I get that to some degree, I'm still much more in the camp with Herbert in terms of, I've seen it with Mahomes and Reed, and I've seen how it doesn't work out with certain other people like your Josh Allen and your Sean McDermott. Young, up-and-coming, superstar caliber quarterbacks need an offensive-minded head coach. And my the thing that I kept banging on the drum, I understand you have to hold him accountable, but I'm sorry when Brandon Staley is hosing him over on so many boneheaded offensive calls and there's no creativity on offense and the, yet his calling card on defense can't stop a nosebleed for the life of them. What are you doing? What, what are you, what is your purpose there? So at least get you, get him out and find someone that is going to be know exactly what they're doing on offense that can actually do something with Justin Herbert. And I will be the first one to say if John Harbor comes in and it's a Sean Payton situation with Russell Wilson, where he looks good, but he's still not getting over the hurdle. Then I'll be the first to say that, that Justin Herbert is kind of in that Ryan leaf category. Maybe not as bad as that, that that's, that's too extreme, but you know, you know what I'm saying in terms of he has all the, he has all of the, the, the qualities. He has all of the, attributes he has the talent but for whatever reason mentally or uh performance wise he just can't get over the hump i'll be the first to admit that if he can't make it work with john Har with jim harbaugh yeah. but i have i am willing to bet that this is this is herbert's year to get over the hump with harbaugh um and i say that somewhat uh, disappointed as a chiefs fan because the chargers are stinking thorn in our side when they're good because Herbert's the one weird. other player. Oh, Burrow, it's Burrow and Herbert. Like yeah. Herbert is the other one that can go blow to blow with Mahomes. He's not had the victories, but like he can go blow to blow with Mahomes and and be right there. Um it just sometimes doesn't get over the hump. So I mean maybe he's more in that Josh Allen category in terms of their duels look epic even though Mahomes gets the better of the both of them. Um and so that's probably a better a better comp, not put him in the Burrow, because Burrow's kind of one and one. It's just like Mahomes is in his own category. Burrow's kind of also off in his own separate category in terms of being able to go toe-to-toe with Mahomes and look good, um, whereas the rest of them can can trade blows, but Mahomes usually gets the better of them, whereas it's been kind of split with the Bengals for the most part. Um, but I would say that's the one, and just because it's the most high-profile in terms of quarterback and coach, um, all the other ones are... I'll admit I'm not as big of a, a, an enthusiast in terms of for following all like the coordinators. And that's who's gotten a lot of these jobs are like young up and coming offensive coordinators, the de- defensive coordinators, um, the, the defensive coordinators. I can't remember his name for the ball for the Ravens just got the Seattle job. Um, Dan Quinn. Oh, that, that was one that I noticed that, that just, I think broke today, Dan Quinn to the 40 to the, not the 49ers. Um, that would be funny. Um, Dan Quinn to the to the commanders. Yeah, to the it's, commanders. it's like they admit it's like, like oh, commanders. we don't have a pretty problem. We have a Shanahan problem. All right. <laughs> no, never going to happen. Um, uh, Dan Quinn to the to the commanders. That'll be interesting. So um, I, I don't know that will pan out just because I think the commanders need offense. And yeah. so it's it's like there's another example again. 
Uh, I, I wish the Chiefs, because you may you wonder if some of the offensive woes was the Chiefs missing Bianami. Bianami getting snubbed again from another head coaching job. He's under he's under Rivera and he can't get a shot at the head coaching job. Poor guy. I almost feel sorry for him at this point. Um the 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 Mayo to the Patriots is interesting. Um it's worked for the Lions and former former player for the organization turned into head coach. It's worked for um, the Texans. Is uh, I'm trying to remember uh, who is the Texans head coach. Um, is that? Uh, um, I think it's Demarco. Demarco Ryan. D'Amico Ryan. D'Amico Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. D'Amico Ryan. So it's worked for the it's worked for the Texans so far. It looks like because I mean that you can say the Texans. The reason it worked is because of C.J. Stroud, but I mean still. First year rookie head coach that played for that organization becomes the head coach and make the playoffs. Same thing with Dan Quinn. So we'll see. Um, it definitely looks like we in the NFL, the current NFL, we are trending more to where former players that become head coaches look like they're having increased success. So uh, I think it's interesting. It, it'll be a nice new field, but I would I would definitely still have to go with Harbaugh just because of personal bias because the Chargers in my division, and so that it, it's the same thing when Sean Payton last year went to the Broncos. That was where my, my ears perked up because anytime a a big name, even if they're a little bit removed from coaching in the NFL, anytime a big name coach goes to one of your rivals, you get a little, maybe a little uneasy. I mean, you still have confidence because of what you've built as a division leader and as a a Super Bowl champion and things like that. But you still always got to have your head on a swivel, especially with someone as lethal as a potential as Justin Herbert is. So I'd I'd say that's the most interesting one that I see because it, because I am invested on the is Herbert actually good? Can can he reach that level to where he's in the conversation Here. with Mahomes yeah. and Burrow and Allen and Jackson? Because he should be by all metrics, but he just has not been able to get his chance to prove it because he's not even ever been able to make it to the playoffs. So I'm interested and curious to see if Harbaugh can change that because Harbaugh is an excellent coach. He he was fantastic at San Francisco for whatever reason they decided to edge him out and they were bad for a long time until Shanahan came in and kind of salvaged them. Um, and then he just built a successful program in Michigan, just won the national championship with them, finally got over the hump. So I think he's a super great coach. Um, and so I think he's exactly what the doctor ordered for Justin Herbert. So I'm excited to see what they look like this year. Yeah, definitely. excited yet not excited. As yeah, a Chiefs fan. I was gonna say <laughs> excited as an NFL some, fan, not excited as a Chiefs fan. There's some reservation in that division for that. Yes, excited, excited with 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 some caveats. Yeah. Um. And after, how about you? What what would you pick out? I, I mean, to me, Harbaugh is still it, it's 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 like the overwhelming one. It's just, it's just a big the name. It's, it's like, just it's, where all the eyes go. Even even when we were talking, me, me and Tavon were talking about it with, with Michigan. We were saying like he thought, hey. Let's have Harbaugh just stay in Michigan, build a dynasty there. And I was like, I, didn't I really, thought he was going to stay too, I, honestly. And I knew that was there, but I didn't see it because I was just like, you beat Ohio State multiple times. You got over the, the championship. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's pretty much all you have to do in Michigan for them to be satisfied with you. And you exactly. Kind of win, win the championship once yeah. and you got him over the hump. Because I think that was their first one since the 80s or the 90s. Exactly. So I, I was like, I think Harbaugh, he wants yep. to go. He's, when it's you have true. Justin it's Herbert. Valid. When you have a Justin Herbert there to coach it, he he wants yep. that. He wants that opportunity because yep. he likes the, the 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 young like offensively like refined quarterbacks, which Her- which Herbert is. I think he's going to want to be able to to you know be in that coaching situation, and, and it works perfectly for him because now you're in a in a, a pretty like tight division, but 
the Chargers with Herbert, I think he's like so that, close. He's so close. That's the one thing that will work against him a little bit is that is going to be a tough yeah. division. Because even, I can't remember his name, but the, the Raiders ended up hiring their interim Antonio coach. Pierce. They, they, he, he looked like he got them motivated to actually play for something there at the end of the year. So, I mean, you can't count. I, I, I mean, let's see if we can sustain it. But they looked like the Raiders had a little bit of life. You got to believe that Sean Payton's going to figure it out once he gets Russ out of there and gets who he wants to be in there. I mean, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's washed. But I'm still going to give him the respect the that... Down he's got and so he's walking into basically a hornet's nest as as far in terms of division to walk into that that's got to be like among the toughest i know consistently we say the afc north is probably the toughest division yeah because all four of those teams can make the playoffs depending on the year um i mean they can't all well they could literally all make the playoffs oh, but yeah. they're, well, they're the all AFC there north. yeah the afc north afc north i would home. say is the hot but then then it's all it's there's several uh, divisions you could throw out after the AFC North, and I'd say the a- the AFC West is one of those divisions where it's very competitive. Even even as much as the Chiefs have had a stranglehold on it for a while, it's it's always very fiercely competitive. For sure. Um, and now so that'll be his one challenge. And not just into the NBA, but kind of thoughts on like the NBA recent scoring surges uh, in the past two weeks. Luka Doncic has scored seventy three points, and Bede scored seventy. Devin Booker and Anthony Towns both had sixty two, and we, we even talked about it um, during break, like. This is something you're going to see when you kind of have um, years of advancement. Players are going to be become better offensively, and also the NBA sells wants to sell offense. They're like, when you're going to a game, do you want it? Are you paying to see like lockdown defense and this like clinical defensive strategies? Like, no, you want to see points scored, and that's what what's going to continue to happen. Like, what have kind of been your thoughts on these scoring surges? Surges, and you know, will somebody threaten? get to 100 will somebody possibly do it <laughs> i just don't think anyone's gonna get to 100 i think will just played um we're talking about it we'll have to look it up because uh, i don't want to disrespect if somebody did pull out but i think we both agreed that the only one that we could think of was Wilt to break 100 and Wilt was just a freak of a player at the era uh and style of basketball that he played so i just don't ever see 100 getting broken just because someone would have to be on something to get to get to 100 because i mean 70 feels like the that that's the one thing I'll say as offensive as the game is 70 feels kind of like the new 100 kind of for a lot the the way the way they're kind of treating all of these 70 point games now it's kind of becoming also pedestrian uh it seems like at this point with everybody dropping 70 bombs and 60 something close to that because I mean you rattled off all the players that have hit that but no you 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 hit the nail on the head we're in an era where the end the NBA let's let's not forget okay I'm not in con- into conspiracy theories but let's not forget the NBA and the NFL are both businesses yes. and so they can cater and change rules to where they're not they're not fixing games but they can cater and change rules to where they can adjust the 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 controls of the game to where they favor one or the other we've seen that in the NFL in terms of when and how you can hit the quarterback when and how you can hit a receiver over the middle I'm sure a lot of our listeners and probably you and I both Wellington can remember there used to be some dudes that would take receiver and tight ends heads off. If you dared to throw over the middle of the field, you can't do that anymore. And that's why we see a lot more offensive scoring NFL. Um, You used to be able to bury the quarterback in the backfield. You can't do that anymore. I mean, as frustrating as it is, you can't pile drive the quarterback anymore. You can't hit him. Um, after the ball's gone, they're very careful to protect their product and the product in the NFL is the quarterback position. That's like the golden child. So there's the NFL example. Same thing with the NBA. 
the the three point ball as explosion has is what is dictating the new style of the NBA. And you can thank Steph for it. This is why I say like Steph is arguably the most influential player in NBA history in terms of I, I and I say that cautiously, but because of how Steph changed the offensive nature of the game. Yes, Jordan was amazing and LeBron is epic too. And I'm not trying to say that Steph is in the greatest of all time category, but in terms of like changing the style of the game, like the reason you've got, I mean, I, I teach eighth graders, Wellington. There's a, there's a reason eighth graders are pulling up from ridiculous ranges trying to shoot, and it's because they've grown up watching Steph Curry because Steph Curry has changed what is a good shot in the NBA in that style. So I think that's what you're seeing with the NBA is you're just seeing more offense in terms of just the style that a lot more people are playing. Um, the way that it's being officiated, you cannot, you just cannot touch offensive players. You can't hand the, like the hand check that what is that even anymore? Nobody even knows what that is because that died a long time ago. Um, just the way the NBA is wired and the way that the referees call it currently, it just favors the offense. They just, they let them play. Um, they're, they're not going to allow disruption of the flow. So you could say the letting them play works both ways. But like, if you, if you get an offensive player to the rack, then they're calling something usually most, most times, unless it's just so clean and an epic block that they don't interfere with the play. It's just the nature of the NBA. So I think you're going to see more scoring surges. Um, the other thing that I was going to mention is, I'm sorry to our old old heads out there, but like the quality of player overall is better today than it was in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Sports medicine has just gotten better in our day and time to where athletes are able to stay healthier for longer. I mean, look at LeBron. LeBron 39. would not have been able to. I mean, part part of it is the rules have changed, and I will cede that to those people who would say, well, he would have never lasted if he'd had to play in Jordan's era, or they argue in the positive that Jordan could have done the same thing if he played in today's era. I'll give you that. I understand. But regardless of the reason, it is the way the NBA is now, and so players are able to last a lot longer because, of again, that's a part of the rules changing. You're not allowed to play defense the same way you used to back then, which therefore then allows players to be able to play longer and at a more prolific scoring level for longer. And I think that LeBron is a perfect case, even though I do not think we will have another LeBron necessarily at at the rate of production that he has been able to do, sustaining it for as long as he does. But let's not forget, uh, I heard another good point today. Steph's 35. So, I mean, we we make like LeBron out to be crazy because LeBron has just broken the mold. 35 is no that's, yet that's spring chicken in the NBA. NBA. That's like old frame. For the NBA, 35 yeah. is not a spring chicken. Yeah. Steph is old. Like, let's be real. I know LeBron is up there, but like that's only four years older than 35. Steph is not, is not a young player anymore. So like we have to like, and that's another thing like on a different coin, but like we have to appreciate while we have these amazing players that have like really shaped the game. I think you and I were talking about like, it's easy for us to say, cause this has been the era of NBA that we have grown up on mm. uh, and yeah. enjoyed is been the Steph LeBron era is the most memorable. Sure. We've been alive for the Duncan Spurs and maybe the tail end of Kobe and Shaq, but like what we have predominantly grown up with has been Steph and LeBron and they have helped to just really explode the game in terms of its offensive production and the longevity of players. And so I think that you're just going to see players be able to match that offensive level production for longer. And I just think the way the NBA rules are now is just going to allow for a lot higher scoring. And I just think that's the way the game is catered in the NBA now is just going to allow for a lot more of these high scoring games, the quality and level of player because of medicine, um, training, 
just the physical acumen of the people and players that are playing now compared to what they have been in the past is just better. So I just you think you put all those factors together and you get the prolific offense that you see in the NBA now. And then I think you're just going to continue to see that on down the road because I don't see things going backwards anytime soon. Yeah, and, and listeners, even though we're younger, we would never say, me and Makai would never say Kareem is 10th. We'd never say Kareem is 10th. Like, I don't know, never. like, that guy, say, he's just saying. We're talking to, you, talking to you, Savon. talking to you, Savon. I mean, you can't be with us. So we got to, like, reference you. You said he's number 10. You still have to live with that. It may be low, but you're not thing. here, so we can't get it honestly. you've ever said. <laughs> and I wasn't here for that episode, y'all, but I, I mean, Kareem at 10, yeesh. Oh. Yeesh. <laughs> Yeesh. What a pick. What a <laughs> All love, Sivan. <laughs> and, and now moving on to, to Doc Rivers in Milwaukee. And also, you know, can the Bucks get better defensively? Um, Portland beat the Bucks mm. last night, 119-116 in Damian Lillard's return. Lillard had 25 and Giannis had 27 in their second in, in their second straight loss. And it's interesting because Doc, he said, you know, I, would, I wouldn't want this to be on anybody else having to, you know, coach a team middle of the season. Bucks are second in the East. They they fire Adrian Griffin. Um, I'm not like the biggest Doc fan in terms of like his his o- overall. Out- he's all right. I, he's he's okay. You know, he still has that. Like I was mentioning that earlier, that lore of the 2008 championship that they beat the Lakers. We're still talking about that. But he is a good coach. I, I will give him that. But I think the results. You have the Clippers. You don't win it. You have the Sixers. You don't win it. Time and time again, you have these talented teams and you're not able to win with them. And I think, you know, that's another concern coming with Milwaukee. That's why I would still have Boston over Milwaukee. Like, to you, what do you think about this move and and what Milwaukee can do better going forward? It's just weird. I don't get how they go from being such a good defensive team to where they just they just have trouble stopping these very pedestrian teams like you you mentioned that portland beat them last night they have no business letting portland beat them that's just such a ridiculous loss especially when you've got arguably the best player the second best player in the league right now i guess we we i don't i don't guess we got to give it to Jokic because Jokic has won the most recently and because he's putting it he's putting up those numbers so i'll give it to Jokic because it's been a while since Giannis has been there but still second best like i'm i'm sorry as good as Embiid's played i'm not putting Embiid above Giannis and I don't care like what everybody else is at. Like I'm still giving the nod to Giannis yes. because of both ways. So, I mean, it's just when you have the second best player uh, and at times the first best player in the NBA, um, the capability to be the first best player, I guess is what I'm trying to say. The, yeah, the talent. I agree. He's, he's been there before. It, the reason we're giving the nod to Jokic is because Jokic has been there the most recently um, and he's producing at the same level as what Giannis was. Yeah. Um, and so since we're, we're giving him his props we're out of out of respect since he's won the chip the most recently. Um, but the, the Dame thing, man, it just bothers me because I love Dame as a player so much, but why is everywhere that Dame plays just seems to stink defensively. It's like it travels with them. It travels with them. It stinks too, because like I said, I love Dame as a player. I want him to succeed. He's the ultimate likable player in the NBA. I feel like maybe, I mean, maybe you disagree, but I think, I think you'd probably be willing to agree with me on that. Like, it's just like everyone and their brother probably wants, unless you're a fan of like somebody that would get in his way that he'd have to knock off. Like, I think everybody would be content and okay with seeing Dame win a ring with Milwaukee. Um, And Giannis is kind of, I don't know. Giannis, I guess, can be a little bit polarizing for some people. I don't. I never understand that just because of 
his background. And I talked to one guy one time and I won't mention his, his name, um, uh, work with him for a little bit, but, um, he, he just never liked Giannis cause he's like, Oh, all he does is dribbles down the lane and dunks. It's like kind of that hard. Do you remember when Harden threw I, I that diss say, at him? Yes. I'll say that me and Savon, one of Savon's critiques of, of Giannis, he says Giannis doesn't have a back. That Giannis does the same thing offensively. He's not he doesn't covered. need to have my pushback against that is he doesn't <laughs> need to have a bag when he literally can bully. He's the one unique player in terms of he's the one player that still plays true bully ball in the league like they used to. And he like it, you don't need a bag when you can literally drive and scare everybody out of the way because of how ferocious your drives are and literally dunk on everyone's heads or finish at the, at the, he doesn't have the greatest post game, but his, his driving capabilities are, are second to none. Like, I, it's just when he gets going, it's just, it's nuts. So I, it's like, I, I get that. I would agree. He doesn't have a bag. I would just counter. He doesn't need to have a bag because he's so effective at the one thing he does. And so I guess I think that's probably why one people's one gripe against Giannis would be is that, um, he's not flashy the same way that Steph, LeBron, um, Luca, uh, even Tatum. even you could you could throw Tatum, yeah. As even though I I don't like the Tatum because Tatum I, at this point is a choker. Tatum <laughs> is the Josh. I, I'm sorry. Tatum is the Josh Allen and Lamar of the NBA. Like until Tatum shows me that he can show up in a big moment, I'm not going to believe it until I see it because Tatum has literally shrunk in every big moment that he's been a part of. They got all the way to the finals against the Warriors. He disappears in that series. Um, they he were goes the up against the Heat. That series. They were the better team. They, they should have. They should have. Uh, I mean, they, they, I guess it's one of those things where on paper, yeah, they're the better team. They're not the better team because they didn't win. So, I mean, I, yeah, I, that's I'm always not, my I'm hard saying, thing with that. I, I, I on paper, big, you're right. Unequivocally, they yeah, were the better team on the paper. But Warriors that's the problem with experience. star players yeah. is that you shrunk in the big moment. And that's why you're not the better team is because on paper you are. You have the talent. But where did your talent go when the moment called for it? It vaporized. It disappeared same thing even even that was bad enough wellington the heat is is the worst one to me yeah, how you don't beat insane. the heat that's insane how you don't absolutely went because you're saying they were the better team than the warriors they're far and away the better team than the heat oh, yeah. were that, that all the heat had was jimmy and bam and a bunch of role players tyler hero wasn't even playing in that series because he got injured yeah this, and so it's I, like, what's your year, excuse there, Jason Tatum? Yeah, what's your Jimmy excuse Butler for losing run. to the Heat? Yeah, that was the Jimmy it's Butler just, run, which is, which is yeah, it's and I understand that Jimmy was on a tear, but still, one dude should not be able to beat Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combined with a great other three that are complemented. So, like Jason Tatum to me is just one where, and we're getting off topic, but like it's just gonna have to prove it to me before I see it. So, like, just with the get to get back to the Bucks. Maybe Doc can bring some stability because I, I I was wondering if the reason they're just not playing good defense is maybe the locker room was not behind Adrian Griffin. And so some teams that can throw them off with their mojo is that if they don't like the coach, um, if the reports are true, the coach and Giannis were not seeing eye to eye. So if your superstar is not on board, then that can be causing a lot of strife. There just to me is no reason why they can't be a solid defensive team because of it put out Dame there. And I get that 
And maybe that is as simple as that. Maybe losing Drew Holiday and losing that lockdown guard that can really lock up and inhibit a lot of people is going to be more devastating of a blow than what we gave them credit for. But the rest of their role players, you've got your Bobby Portis, you've got your Giannis, you've got your Brooke Lopez, you've got your Pat Connaughton. These are all just guys that are just really sound on defense. And so there's just doesn't make a lot of sense to me why they're not very good um, defensively. So, um, I don't know. We'll see, man, because like like you also mentioned, we're freaking out and they're number two in the East. So, I mean, yeah. it's it's yeah. one of those things where it's like you said you favor Boston over them, I guess, at this stage. But like I mentioned, because of my question with Tatum, it's like, I don't know. It just depends on which version of Boston we get. If we get the Boston that comes out on fire against them, then sure. Like a couple years ago when they went to get to um, the – the, the championship against the Warriors, that was the year they edged out the Bucks, And so for sure, if we get that one, but at the same time, you, like I said, you got to keep in mind, Boston's also lost to teams that they should have beat with Miami and with Golden State. So I could also just as easily see Milwaukee getting past Boston because Boston shrinks in the moment and Giannis steps up to the plate and has a great postseason um, aided with, with, with Dame. So that's just really what they've got to figure out is defense because that they they're fine offensively. Giannis finally has somebody that can close for him. Um, my other thing, uh, and I would have to see the games played. Um, Chris Middleton just being in and out of the lineup is really frustrating for them, yeah, just because been, you can't get the chemistry built. And so that's one of those things where I think it's time to either move on from him or just hope he just stays healthy, just because he seems to be getting at that age where he cannot consistently be there. And so that's really frustrating and hard to try and develop as a team on chemistry when you've got the, I guess at this point, because Dame's better, you've got the third piece missing uh, and that would be make for a really good team. And so the third piece is consistently not there. So um, I'm not saying like after you make the big splash with the Dame trade that you're trying to look and make another big trade, but like, I think if you could get Middleton out of there and get some role players that could complement and be kind of more of a depth issue, because I think that might be their other problem is their depth. I mean, when you go from Dame to campaign, I think as you're, as you're off the bench guy, like you are not doing yourself any favors defensively in your backcourt. You're going from as much as I love Dame, you're going from bad offense to even worse offense with campaign, I think. So like your backcourt is just not getting any favors done for, defense so you got to figure that out um we'll see like i said we're, we're acting like there's this big panic and yet they're still number two in the east so there's a lot yeah. of basketball to be played it's so funny to uh, talk I about mean, that with the second it seemed that second exactly we're like freaking <laughs> it's like one of those things where what it's a faux pas the sky is falling it's like they're number two in the east what are we freaking out about yeah. they're they're going to be there in the playoffs the question really for us is the, and the reason we're talking about it is the really the question is bleeding over into the playoffs it's like is is this going to hurt them in the playoffs it's not going to hurt them really enough in the regular season because they're going to be a top three seed at the end of the year it's it's going to be some arrangement of boston milwaukee and philadelphia it's it, going to be that it just depends on it does boston fall off at all probably not so boston's probably a lock to be the one i feel like just because they're going to consistently be there so then it's just a question of is milwaukee and philadelphia which one's one which one's two and which one's three no nobody three else is going to climb into that and if they have a three one lead in the eastern conference finals with doc it'll be fine it's not like doc is blown yeah it's just if they get into a, a shootout then the question is going to arise with doc but even there with the doc question like doc has had his struggles but I'll be interested to see if, like, I'm not sure that Gian- that Doc has ever had a player to the quality of Giannis in terms of being able to will a team to victory. So that might be like Doc's one saving grace in the in the in the playoffs is that he will have the best 
player that he's probably ever coached. But my counter to that um, is he had Kawhi. I think Kawhi has been able to will teams to championships and he wasn't able to, you know. I mean, he did with the Raptors. I mean, but but Doc didn't got – Doc got – Doc got damaged Kawhi, though, that's didn't true. he? Yeah. That's, that's the one thing that I would push back with yeah. the Kawhi is Kawhi after the Raptors has not been the same. Kawhi, like, basically ruined his body to prove a point with the Raptors, I think. Um, yeah. Because of that. because ever since he's gone to the Clippers, Kawhi has not been Kawhi. He's still been able to look great in spurts, but Kawhi is just not the same Kawhi as the Spurs and the Raptors Kawhi that we saw that's been on the Clippers. So that would be my one pushback my one counter to your counter is that doc rivers got damaged Kawhi, And so it was not the same level of, and even if you want to say, well, Kawhi was still good. Kawhi is still also significantly older than Giannis is currently right now when he got Kawhi. So I still would counter that. He still is going to have the best as good as Kawhi is and as savvy as he is. I'm still going to argue that he will have the best player that he's ever had with Giannis this run. And in terms of, Giannis is just ability to will you to victory. I, I will just never forget the the Suns Bucks game uh, series where literally like Giannis put on Superman cape and just willed them back from that two zero deficit. It just was epic uh, and it just reverse sweeped them. And that was the one um, from two zero down. And that was the one finals where we we're like, you know what, Chris Paul's going to get it. Chris Paul's finally going to get his ring. Yeah, everybody thought Chris was going to finally get it. And <laughs> bruh, as much as Chris Paul, you want him to get it. Him and him and dumb Kevin Brook, Devin Booker, trash talking Giannis and clowning him. It's like, bro, what is it with these people and poking the bear? Just stop poking the bear. It's just, it happened them the year again. They didn't learn their lesson too, is the funny thing with that Wellington. And they poked Luca then the next year. And then look at that happen. It's just like, bro, Stop poking bears. Stop. Stop. It's like, it's like that. that play, play with class and play like you've been there and play with some championship mentality until the job's done and then celebrate. It's like don't that, don't um, clown when you've still got a series to win. Exactly. But it's like that one time in the, the 2011 finals with the Heat and Mavericks. I don't know if you remember it, but and they were heading. It was like before game four. LeBron and D-Wade, like they were making fun of the like, Dirk, one of Dirk's injury. Dirk was, and it was just like, and he had like an incredible like series. And I was just like, guys, you just. To an all-time great. Was that the one that Dirk won yes. and like shocked everybody? Was that the one? Yeah, there's a great, there's a great example and to follow it. up. Well, it. it's just like <laughs> stop clowning great players, especially if they're solo. They will put on the Superman oh, cape and wreck your life. They will. They will remember it. They and they, be your most embarrassing moment of your career. Absolutely. We um, saw it with LeBron and we saw it with Booker and Chris Paul both times. It's like don't do it. Just definitely. don't get baited into that. Finish the series. <laughs> Win and then celebrate. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, and getting to um, recently this past weekend, we had an amazing game with the Lakers and Warriors. It was crazy, um, man. It, it, I was telling somebody, I felt like I was transported back to like 2017. It was just like, oh, it was so it was good. Giving all the nostalgia. It was um, all the nostalgia. Yeah, the Lakers won 145 to 144 in, in double overtime. LeBron had a triple double. Steph had 46. So many times the Warriors could have won it. LeBron willed them to it. D'Angelo Russell has this just—I mean, stupid, bold, bold stupid game. <laughs> he had two back-to-back terrible plays, and then marched down and just drained that three. It's like what? What kind of mo- mumbo jumbo alternate reality am I living in? Where he makes exactly. two boneheaded throwaway turnovers, and then he just walks up confidently and drains the three. I was like. Dude, if you miss that, you are you are getting shipped to China if you miss that, bro, in that spot. 
you but never he know. made it, so get, you get, get you get to stick around. The Lakers season is going, still might get traded for the, the, the Yeah, the he's trade. still, for sure, but that's that's <laughs> but, by no but, fault of his own. That's yeah, that's a larger Laker problem. Yeah, there's, there's a bigger problem we're going to get to. But, I mean, looking at that game, though, man, I just, besides these two teams, they're going, they are not the same championship caliber teams that they once no, were. But, man, no. to see LeBron and Steph do that, and we were talking about it even during break, like how, and, and I know we're, I haven't lived, haven't lived a long life. I'm biased because it's really the only full era I've seen. It's, it's an era that we, we remember so much, finals after finals. Like, what did you think about that performance? Don't apologize for it, Wellington. When we're old, we can still yeah, hang on to this yeah. just the way all of the Jordan oh, fanatics, and I'm not dissing you all out there. <laughs> I will be holding on to this era and mentioning when, it. When we when we have gray hair, we will still be looking back to this era as the golden age of our basketball. Unless man, unless when unless Wemby and Chet and SGA all pan out to be all that, then and and we will have Luca. So Luca yes. will be exciting, I think, for a lot of years. But it's hard to envision anything coming close. Yeah, I mean, I I'm just going to echo everything basically you said. So I'm I, it's going to sound like I'm just repeating what Wellington said. It all the feels, all the nostalgia. Um, I was pulling for Steph um, just because I will always be a Steph fan because it's the reason why I even watch the NBA to this day. I wow. remember um, I remember the the I don't remember. I don't think it was a playoff game. It was a regular season game, the game against the Pelicans where he went bonkers and did that crazy fade away shot from the dead corner coffin corner of the three to win it at the end. I, think that was um, a I can't remember game. if it was, I think it was, a was it a playoff game? I couldn't, I think it was. So I can't, I think it was 2015, the first year that they went uh, with that Warriors run. And that was when I started to get into NBA. It was that. Um, and then also the iconic, um, the iconic bang when he oh, when he marches up OKC. with uh, with OKC, yeah, and and absolutely <laughs> broke their hearts, and that was so that was the beginning of my love for the NBA. Um, as a result of Steph seeing this in this incredible baby faced assassin that will just absolutely gut you like a fish because of his constant hustle and movement, um, and his just ability to take shots that he should absolutely not take and make them look like he could drain it in his sleep. Um, cause he can't drain it in his sleep because he's Steph stinking curry. Um, and so, um, but still all respect to LeBron in terms of their epic duels. Um, I would, I would say, I think the reason they pulled it out is cause LeBron just has the better, the better cast overall right now. Steph has just had to do so much heavy lifting with this iteration of the Warriors. Um, I mean, you, you, you evidence that by their, by their score totals, I would say that their score totals is reflective on how much work that they have to do to carry their teams is Steph's got another 13. He has, Steph has to score 13 more points just for them to be in that game to lose by one. So, I mean, that, that, that's kind of the story right there. Um, whereas, and also LeBron has just turned into a, a facilitator largely part is what he's content with at this stage of his career, but he can still score as evidenced by how much he did. Um, but yeah, it just was very much an instant classic, just a very back. One of the few double overtimes I can remember in NBA history. Oh, like wow. I, I do not, you do not see a lot of double overtimes in the NBA, I feel like. Um, but I think that's just really was a testament to how badly both teams wanted it for kind of their pride uh, in terms of the, the prestige of playing against one another. So I think their teams knew kind of what was, I hate to say at stake because I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot of stakes. It's just a regular season game. But still, like just for pride's sake, uh, in terms of their their marquee players and the the history that is between them, um, and you could tell after the game, it still was all love between the two of them. That they do have a great respect for each other. 
I yeah, think. Steph said to LeBron, um, at the stage Steph said of LeBron, green. like, how do we keep getting better? Like, I, I think they're just like, hey, even at this stage of our career, we can still put up these type of performances, and that's a testament to yeah. how great those guys are. And so it's just awesome to watch as a fan because you're just you're 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 getting transported back to 2015, 2016, um, as as bad as LeBron had it, 2017, 2018. Um, I that that obviously not as much because LeBron was just the deck was stacked against him that those those two years with KD. Um, that was just cheat code. It, it's, like, it's like that. It's like that. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a screenshot of like I think 2017 or 2018, and like five defenders are around LeBron and it's just like, yes, no help. <laughs> yes, no it's, help. <laughs> it's basically what's happened to Steph ever since KD left and, and clay got injured, um, in the Raptors finals. Yeah. Um, it's, it was basically what's happened to Steph. Cause everybody's just hounding Steph. Cause they're like, Oh, nobody else is going to beat us. So you're the only one. And yet he still goes out there and performs like what he did on Saturday because he's just that lethal and, because and, you give him an inch like- of space. And he's gonna drain it in your face. And put up like so 39, just, 39 against. It's Italy. gonna make me. It's 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 the same feeling as with the NBA. As much as you dislike Brady, it was emotional as a football fan to see him go. Um, especially when he was the last of that era. Breeze was gone. Manning, both Mannings were gone. Roethlisberger was gone. And so it's like when when Steph and LeBron go, then it's truly gonna feel like kind of sad. Like. You hope that there's an exciting new era with a lot of the young players coming up and that they can replace it. But it's just at the same time with the way your head's at and because of how much storied history you've seen between the two of them and how awesome the both of the two of them are. At the same time, you got to believe in your head. It's just like nothing else is going to come close, man. Like it's just these two were a different kind of special in terms of their 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 duels and just going back and forth. So um, enjoy it while we can. Um, it's sad probably because the trajectory that they're both on, I don't think either one of them are going to be able to make the playoffs. Um, cause, uh, maybe they sneak in, like but in. the West is just so loaded. Yeah. Play, but it's going to be playing at best. And then they're going to have to fight for their lives. And so maybe it turns into a situation where if they make if either one or both make the play in, they can sneak in because you will have playoff experience that can get you through there. But like, that's still a long shot at that point because of how much fighting you're going to have to do. So, Unless they either one or both of them radically turn it around, it just does not look like it's going to be a good close to the year for either one of them. But still, that doesn't take away from how amazing and epic these these two are and how they they will forever always lead to instant classics. It's just like anytime you see and and it's not even it's not even their teams, you know, I mean, Steph has always been on the Warriors. He probably will be a warrior for life. But it's like, you you know, where LeBron's playing. It's anytime you see whatever team LeBron's on versus Steph you're watching that game. Oh, it's sure. just like an instant, it's an instant turn on. Um, I didn't even know that it was, I was, I was just searching through channels cause I was looking, I was watching something else that night. And I instantly, as soon as I saw that, I was like, Oh, well that's what I'm watching now. Because as soon as you know, as soon as you can remember or see that it's on, it's like, you're instantly watching that game. Um, and I had grading to do that night and I totally did not do as much grading as I wanted to. Cause I got sucked into that game because of how epic that is. And that's just a testament to how awesome, those gains end up being so yeah instant classic and it's gonna hurt when they both go it's gonna hurt like like crazy um and getting to our last topic you know obviously all star selections just happened um last week east is Giannis, Joel Embiid, Tatum, Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Lillard in the west we got LeBron, Jokic, KD, Luka, Jay Gilgis Alexander which you know I mean 
it, it's the reserve. The reserves have been kind of like the, more of the, the the trending topic because Trey um, Trey Young was left off it for the East reserves. It's Jalen Brown, uh, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Jalen Brunson, Bam Adebayo, uh, Julius Randle, Tyrese Maxey, Paolo Banchero. Do you have any thoughts of the the you know starters, the reserves? I mean, Steph is going to be. Re- I mean, for the first time like in forever, Steph is not going to be nuts, man. That's, that's just, just so crazy. That man. rubs me the wrong way. I I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I've looked, I looked at the stats and sure SGA's got him in like every category. So I get that, but there's just something wrong about Steph not being a starter for the West. Like, I'm sorry. That's just, that seems wrong. So wrong. It's just like, that's my biggest, oh. I, I know people are going crazy. It just this Steph not being not. Nah, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't care about that. Like I you, did. Who'd you read for East again? East is um, uh, Embiid, Giannis, Halliburton, um, Tatum, and who's the last one? Let's see. It's is it the point guard? Is that the, yeah. that might be why people were up in arms? Is because it's Trey Young over the, whoever's going. Okay, so it's Giannis. Got. Yeah. So it's Giannis, Embiid, Tatum, Halliburton, and Lillard. I mean Lillard. Lillard. Okay. I don't get what people are getting upset about Trey. Which, which one of those five are you putting Trey Young in over? Like, I'm like, but that's what makes know. me I, mad about the SGA. Is because, people get, get they, the things sports fans get uptight about nowadays. I'm like, like, are, are you really sure? Like that's, that's the thing to like, I would have to look at their stats. Like maybe if Trey Young's on a heater, I, I, I will admit this was this. When I looked at it, this was going to be my weakest topic just because I don't pay attention to NBA all-stars really that much just because all-stars for all sports is kind of just like a, Hey, it's cool. It's, it's kind of fun. But for anyone who's watched the games, they're not serious at all because no one's trying to get hurt. That's there's a reason why they've converted the all star format to where it's the it's the first person to score. However many is it? I'm trying to remember. What do you remember? Wellington It's it's like it's a score threshold. It's not yeah. even they don't even time it anymore. It's a score threshold because literally no one plays defense. So they just are like, well, the first to race here to the score. A- anyways, it's just it, I'm NBA more than anyone. One, it's just, the 2016 one in Toronto was an actually memorable one because we had. Uh, yeah, but that was because when they actually still were kind of playing defense back yeah, then, like back for, then. I would say confidently for the past five years, there's been no one gives a crap about the all-star game. They're all trying to not get hurt, treating it as some fun time off to spend with the other NBA celebrities and just have a, a good old time that way. And then just make sure you don't get hurt for the rest of the actual season. Yeah, like that's what it is. And then you've got people clowning around and taking. I understand that they can all make it. But you got people clowning around and taking half court shots for the heck of it because it's the All Star game. That's what I'm, and, I, and you're laughing. That's exactly what I mean. That's it's the All Star game. Do. They're just like, hey, like, let's just pull up. Exactly. Let's just do whatever. Or, <laughs> or you give it to Giannis and he goes coast to coast and dunks it because nobody's getting in Giannis's way in the All Star game. And Giannis just wants to have a little bit of fun and make like a, a crowd pleasing moment where he literally just goes coast to coast and windmill dunks it. So, but no one's going to get in his way because they don't want to get injured. I'm going to be honest for years so, though, for years though, with the all-star weekend, the only night we really cared about was Saturday night, three point contest, yeah. the dunk contest, which is slam dunk contest. Yeah. It's went down. Um, oh yeah. Even the dunk. Exactly. You can throw in the contest too. It's just the so much point, I think, 
I think the three point still holds a little bit of allure just because you still have the quality of player. You still have Steph participating in it. So I would still say the three point is a little fun. Uh, maybe it's, I'd say it's gone down just because the overall event has gone down. Yeah. But in terms of the individual event itself, I think it's probably still fine. Um, but the dunk contest for sure. I mean, when, when a bench player for the Philadelphia 76ers is coming in and winning the dunk contest. Because he's because let's be honest, Wellington, the, the, the dunk contest is not even actual players. They've turned into Harlem Globetrotter players, people who are basically professional dunkers. That's all they can do. They, they have no actual game skill. The one thing that they do in practice and do all the time is dunking. So that's literally what the dunk contest has turned into is it's professional dunkers to basically see who can do the cool, the coolest dunk. And that's all that these guys do are is dunks. And that's the thing. And that's like, part of what the 20, NBA is doing. Yeah, eighty. Like you, you go back eighty-five. Like Jordan, Dominique, Dominique. Yes. Like, like the like, last memorable amazing. we had in the modern era was the Aaron Gordon and yeah, exactly. Zach Levine. That was one. the one. That's the last memorable one that you've had for dunk contest. All of these because that was the last one which oh. actually had actual NBA players doing it. It's exactly. ever since then it's been professional dunkers. Like I said, it's been Harlem Globetrotters basically who can do the coolest dunk They're They're not actually NBA players that got selected. So it's, it's that's fun. one of my disses on LeBron is LeBron's unwillingness to participate. I was just going to say that. It's like, it's I'm LeBron. not trying to be a hater, but yeah. when your best player who could absolutely do some of the most savage dunks just refuses to participate in the dunk contest, then who else is going to give a crap about the dunk contest? If your best player doesn't, but there's a that's reason thing you can kind there's of a reason say that LeBron Jordan, says that there's a, there's a, there, and I really wanted to mention that because one of my one of my like you know um, best friends for years, we talked about it. He was like, he was always mad that LeBron didn't be in the dunk contest. I don't get it. I just don't. I don't get it. And then one time he read, he was like, well, I heard something. LeBron says he's an in-game dunker. That's why he's he would never do a dunk contest because he's just an in-game dunker. He doesn't they like, have this creativity to just like come up with all of these dunks. So yeah, I for years I wanted to see LeBron in a dunk contest. I think it would be incredible. I saw him pre-game in a Hawks game back when he was like in the heyday of Cleveland, I was like, he was putting together some of like the most incredible dunks I'd ever seen. And mm-hmm. I was like, what if he just does that for a contest? But sometimes these players, they're like, I don't do it just on the cuff. It's gotta be like in the game. Yeah. I, and I get that. It's just one of those things where if your best player won't do it, even if it's for legitimate reasons, then why is anybody else going to take it seriously? Really? So, um, but to to get kind of back to our main issue, that kind of was a, the side thing. Um, the the what, where we get sidetracked? Oh, the 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 Trey the Trey Young Trae versus Young. Okay, Dang. all right. The the, the weird the thing one. with that one, Wellington, is that yeah, it's Steph is the one, which is weird because the East got it right. Because I would be willing to bet that Trey Young probably has slightly better stats than Dame does. Yet Dame gets the name recognition and gets named to being the starter because he's got the name recognition. And again, I'd have to look, but I'd, I'd be willing to guess based off of games played. Trey probably has. And because Trey has to carry his team a little more than Dame does because Dame's got Giannis as his running mate. I'm willing to bet that Trey's got slightly better stats, which is basically the same thing as SGA and Steph. Uh, I think I look SGA averages four more points than Steph does a game. They average about the same amount of minutes played per game. And then SGA edges him out by rebounds. I think by one or two, and then edges them out by assists by one or two. Okay, so for all intents and purposes, NBA-wise, pretty non-negligible differential. I mean, I guess four points is 
somewhat significant in terms of averaging and then games played i think shay had him by like four games i think steph's played like four or five less games but still in that moment it's like it's hard because part of me like wants those kind of honors and prestiges to go to the most deserving so i get that but at the same time there's just something inherently in me like i think that's what you and i both are getting at is there's just something inherently that's just like Steph is not a starter and it's SGA. I don't get it. And I I know like that's just something that just seems weird about that, man. Especially maybe again, we're letting the emotional side of us get the better because we know that Steph is not going to be around for too too much longer. And so it's one of those things where it's like we want we want to make hay while the sun shines, and it's like, Shay, you're gonna get your moment. Okay. Just wait wait two or three years and you'll you'll be the next hot thing once Steph is kind of died down and gone off into the sunset but like it's just for I don't name recognition it's just like how can you not have steph on there i know a how I, is I know steph a, a reserve hard, i know a diehard okc fan who they they think shay is like the greatest thing since sliced bread they just they love shay and they, they and, and they, they should be perfectly <laughs> happy with shay like i get it like i i think shay is an awesome player i think shay, there's a I mean, Wellington, let's give them their also. Here's the other thing, and this is probably the real reason why Shea got selected. Shea beats Steph in every category, and OKC is number one. That's the other thing that we're forgetting is OKC is yeah. number one in the West right now. That's so, cool. like, we that that is, like, I think what we're forgetting in terms of, like, you and I are being a little biased here in terms of where we want Steph. We, I, I get the name recognition argument, but at the end of the day, when you look at it, it really is – like Shay does deserve it this year. Like I hate saying that the lo- logically, but I get it. I still would say I don't like it. It feels weird, but like when you look at the raw numbers, you realize that they're number one in the West. He's the best player on the Thunder. It makes sense that he's the he selection does. for the All Star game. He edges out Steph in all of the statistical categories. They're number one. He's the best player on the number one team in the West. It makes sense. It's not fun for us as Steph homers as people who've grown up as Steph is one of the most dynamic the most fun players that we like and enjoy and love and watch but it makes sense and so like I I think at the end of the day when I look at the rosters from the analytical side the realist side when I analyze and break it down I really don't have a problem with it just because I I I don't think that anybody that's a snub has really gotten snubbed just because of the way that they played i'd have to look at all of them more in depth in terms of statistical but at least as far as it goes with steph and shay i i don't i don't actually see the problem statistically just with all the factors that weigh into being a check plus for for shay and i can't speak to necessarily dame i think that's just really that is what boils down to is it is weird and i have to look at what dame's uh stats are but it's weird that dame's getting in and steph's not yeah, for his side, and it seems like Dame's getting in for the 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 name recognition and respect. Trey Young fans, Shea Gilch Alexander fans, don't be mad at us. Don't 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 be mad. We we're not we hating. We're, we're not just hating. we just really love us some staff. <laughs> we, we just really love us some staff. <laughs> I already know it's coming, but don't but don't hate. And you you Trey Young fans can you guys can get a- after me. You know, don't come after one. You can come after me. He's overrated. I'm sorry. He's overrated. <laughs> overrated he was overrated at oklahoma he i'm a kansas fan and i'm proud of it he was overrated at oklahoma he's overrated in the nba there you can you can at me leave wellington alone (laughs) they haven't done jack squat in the playoffs they haven't they haven't done jack squat okay well he's a flashy cool player but he's he doesn't he's he's he doesn't come through when the lights are the brightest okay he's he's a one-man army and he a lot of times falls flat 
for sure. Well, Mikhail- anyways, I didn't I didn't come here to absolutely well on Trey Young, so <laughs> I'm gonna take some stray bullets for the ending right there. But nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, you man. I'm on top of the world, y'all. Okay, I'm a Chiefs and fan, and we're about to get number three. I was going to say that. So y'all you know, can come three. after me for my NBA takes. I'm on top of the world and untouchable as when it comes to football. He's wearing number 15. He's feeling good. The hat. This is this is a dynastic run that we have not seen in a while. So, hey, man, you're, you're on top. Good luck to your team. Thank you for being on. If they on. win it, I expect to get another invite on in a couple weeks, We're Wellington, right. if they win it. We, and we, if they lose, I'll still come on and I'll still I'll still be real. I will not be a savant and dodge the smoke if the Chiefs lose in the Super Bowl. In, in a few in, in a in a couple of weeks, in a few weeks, whenever say when Makai's back on after his post game celebration with the Chiefs fan club and they're just, you know, enjoying life and talking about all I will have to record something and like post <laughs> and send it to you so you guys can like post it. I'll become yeah, like the yeah. I'll be like the adage. I'll be like the the addendum we to the full scope podcast. We want to see what you guys do when you celebrate. <laughs> You're just but, gonna see a very exhausted Chiefs fan because if it's if it goes like I think it's gonna go, it'll end up being pretty close. What's your and it'll probably be like What's a score? photo finish. What's your score prediction? Oh, don't do this to me, Wellington, especially <laughs> two weeks away, basically. Um we got to have it on tape before you come back after the celebration. We gotta yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I, I won't dodge it. But I just don't like it because I have had no preparation. So I got to basically come off, shoot this off the hip. Um, because of the Chiefs defense, I'm not going to go as high as what some people might think I would. So I'm going to go with a. I'm going to go with a 24. I'm going to go to 24 to 17. I'll give I'll give the Chiefs a touchdown. Just because I think that they can they can pull that off Some, something late, or they hold off the, the either they'll score late to win the game, or they'll hold off the Niners from being able to score. One of the two scenarios is what I envision happening. So I, I envision a, I'd either say I, that's what I'll lock in. I'll say a twenty four to seventeen, but I could also see something like a, a twenty four to twenty seven kind of affair, like a field goal game. Me if and, I was to say it's a little bit closer. Yeah, me and Makai, I think very similarly because I originally had twenty four to twenty Kansas City, so. I'm thinking I can see that too. Yeah, something in that. And I honestly, I'm, I'm maybe I'm letting the emotion carry me a little bit too much with the twenty, the, the seventeen to twenty four, the full touchdown. I could see a, a three to four is probably much more realistic. I could see a twenty to twenty four, a twenty four to twenty seven game as being probably more realistic. Because I do, because the Forty ers do have enough weapons to make it interesting. So as as dynamic as the Chiefs' defense are, I think it could definitely be uh, that close of a game for sure. Definitely. Well, Makai, it has been an absolute pleasure. And in, in a couple of few weeks after your guys' celebration, we'll have you back on. <laughs> I'll be here. Looking forward to it. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. Well, that wraps up for tonight. I'm your host, Wendy Burns. This has been Full Scope. See you later.